excuse me, no banging your head on the display case, please. It contains a very rare Mary Worth in which she has advised a friend to commit suicide. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher. Chris, how are you, Christopher Triana. Triana. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing fan-bloody-tastic here. I'm drinking some lawnmower beer today. I, right before I started, though, I wanted to right, when, right before you called me on this on the old Skype machine, I was drinking a Lone Star Light Tallboy that I had opened two days ago and put in the refrigerator. Was it still uh, carbonated? No, 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 no. But it didn't <laughs> need to be. Say. Still went down good. But uh, now I'm, drink, yeah. I'm drinking. You know, lawnmower. You, said, you, you said lawnmower, and it's funny because like I like to drink. I don't drink a lot of beer. I'm, I'm a whiskey guy when I drink. But I, I when I mow my lawn. I, I, you know, and I'm on my tractor. I drink. I like to drink beer, but the the reverberations of the of the mower flatten the beer within like 20 minutes. So you really got to chug when you're riding oh, yeah, a you lawnmower. That. That's what this is. This is St. Arnold's, which is the oldest craft brewery in Houston. I'm holding it to the the yeah. to the camera if you can see. Um, and this beer, it's just a light lager for when you're mowing your lawn. It's nice and uh, refreshing, yeah. refreshing yeah. beer. This is not branded content. Um, no. <clears throat> you're wearing a brand new uh, tank top today. I see uh, you bought a, you bought a new three pack. No, it's actually old. It has a hole in the back. It's old. It's just I haven't worn it because it's not th- those two that I usually wear are like the most comfortable shirts ever. They're so comfortable. Yeah. Uh, this one's still good too, but uh, you know, you I thought I'd uh, show you a little more fashion from uh, the Triana household. At least from the Triana just- line. You know, the Triana line. Oh, my God. That's a fucking thing. Um, that will sell the Triana line out of our uh, Polkai bookmobile. Yes. Um, for the sure. Polkai mobile. Hey, you, dude, you know what I actually did this week? Um, I against uh, against everyone's better judgment. I uh, was going through my uh, friends movies anywhere account that I have access to Um Shouts out, Nick P. If you want to go ahead and get access to that as well, just email me and I'll just give the the, the code to his Movies Anywhere account. But uh, all of the Batman were on there, as in all of the movies, yeah. uh, inc- including the Joel Schumacher one. So I, I was like, you know what? I haven't, I haven't seen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch one of these. So mm. I started Batman Forever, Ugh. and I got about 20 minutes in, and I was like, all right, I've had enough. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just like I, I wanted to watch it and be like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's kind of like, you know, whatever. And it kind of was for the first five minutes. And then it gets just I was like, what? Like the the in, I couldn't buy the interplay between um, what's her name and Val Kilmer, like the uh, Nicole Kidman. Yes, that like and he's like um, and all those lines are so stupid that like he, she calls him. He's like, the bat signal is not a beeper. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, and like that kind of shit. That's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, chicks dig the car. And I was like, okay, I forgot yeah, how stupid fucking, this was. Anyway, I I just wanted to yeah. lay myself at the, the you know, prostrate myself uh, to you and everybody and Roy. 
to praise say him. that I you know, praise him. I tried. Uh, you know, I'm sorry that I tried. I'm sorry well, that I did. Yeah, well, we all make mistakes, but m- making the same mistake over and over, I mean... Insanity. Fool, f- yeah, fool, you, fool you once, shame on Joel Schumacher, but it, et cetera. I, I think that I only saw that in the theater. Because yeah, I, I, I remember standing yeah. in line for it where they were emptying out the theater and we were, go- like, we were in the line going in as the people were coming out. So I, I have a distinct memory of that, and that's probably the only time I saw it. And I remember probably I saw it. And my, my dad dropped me off at the theater to see it. I wanted to go see it. And uh, so I was stuck there. I couldn't. It was too far to walk home. So I kind of had to stay and watch the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Double whammy. Well, anyway, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into the show and the stuff that we had planned to talk about. Um, yeah. No? Or, okay. We'll banter. Okay, <laughs> we'll just we'll just talk about nothing like usual. Move on. Moving Move on. on. <laughs> Moving on. Well, at, at the top of the show, I wanted to bring up uh, a, a story about uh, a little dog named Lulu. Uh, we bring this up because we're working together to try to uh, raise a little money for this this little puppy. Uh, she's two years old. She's a little pit terrier mix, sweet as can be. And um, here's what happened. Uh, back in October, she started to limp. Uh, and her mom took her to the vet, and they said it was Charlie horses from playing too hard with all of her little doggy friends. So uh, Lulu got massages, and everything seemed okay. But then it was happening constantly. So they went to another vet, and uh, they found out that Lulu has an ACL tear. Um, so they started laser therapy and acupuncture. I mean, they were trying all different things here. Things started to get better, uh, but then... You know, she then Lulu one day chased a frisbee and slid in the grass and tore her other ACL and meniscus. So the dog has, has had some some pain and some yeah. scraps. Um, so uh, her mom and dad, you know, they scheduled surgery uh, for her in June, uh, and you know she had to be in the the crate and wear the cone. She couldn't like run and play. She couldn't get up on the bed. She couldn't get up on the couch. Um, and so it was five days post-surgery, and she got startled by something, and she tried to run out of the crate with the cone on, and it got caught, and she fractured her newly repaired leg. Oh, no. Yeah. So uh, the fracture, they thought the fracture would heal as the bone was already starting to calcify, um, but the new x-rays showed that there were multiple fractures, a shift of the hardware that was put into the leg, and they're worried that the tendon would snap without another surgery to put pins in and rewire so poor her poor her poor parents have already put four thousand dollars into all all of this and it's estimated that the new surgeries will be about three thousand this dog is only two years old you know she loves to run and play and she can't do either she's not an old she's not an old girl right she's not yeah and this is like something i've definitely you know these sound like they're high numbers because they really are but I have, as I'm sure, the, being dog lovers, like, man, I've taken my dog to the, there's like a hospital in Houston called Gulf Coast mm-hmm. Animal Hospital, and I've spent thousands of dollars like yeah. that on, on my on my dogs uh, right. before. Right. So, I mean, you know, if you if you are an animal lover and you 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 can, you know, you know exactly what we're talking about and how 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 hard this can be and, you know, how important it is to to do our best to try to 
help Lulu out here because that's uh, it's a shitty situation to be in. It really is. Yeah, it is. It is. And and this is the worst time to be in it too because I mean, shit. You know, I mean. Yeah. Well, what else? Uh, yeah, what what else can happen? Exactly. Um, you know, and uh, uh, Joanna, uh, Lulu's mom, shouts out Joanna. Shouts out. You know, she she loves her dog, and she's gonna do whatever it takes to take care of Lulu. You know, and she felt she probably would never would have done a fundraiser on her own. I had to kind of talk her into it. She's like, well, I don't I don't want to feel like I'm begging people, but I'm like, no, this is what these fundraisers are for they're for people and animals that need help health care including vet care in this country is crazy expensive and we all need to help each other so for those of you out here out there who love animals who love dogs and want to see a little two-year-old puppy um you know be able to run and play again uh john wayne and i have set up a gofundme uh for little lulu uh mm -hmm. it's called for the love of lulu on gofundme and there's a little picture of a of a black and white uh pit terrier that's her uh, you can go directly to our website, chrisandjohnwayne.com, and it's right at the top of the website. And again, my name is Chris with a K, so it's K-R-I-S and johnwayne.com, uh, and it's right there at the top. It's, yeah, it's right at the top, Easy and to if, find. You, if you follow either of us on social media, the links are easily found on our uh, walls or um, yes. you know, it, within that, so you can do that there as well. Yes. Um, and uh, yes, we would certainly appreciate it, and we uh, we might have a little something in extra we can give to everybody who donates yes. uh, perhaps i don't know we didn't talk about this at the top of the show i, I forgot no no um, let's well, just this, do it yeah well this, this is this is something that uh that we definitely plan to do we're going to be doing some giveaways uh for people that donate so anyone who donates no matter how much you donate um all you have to do is take a screenshot of your donation and send it to our new uh, email address. John Wayne, you want to give them that address? Yes, it is vital social issues n stuff, the letter n, not and, the letter n stuff at gmail.com. Yeah, vital social issues n stuff. Just like gmail. the show, just like the show just is. Just like titled. the show, yep. So, yeah. uh, so all you do is you take a, take a screenshot and send it to us, and you will be entered to win uh, several fabulous prizes. Uh, we're going to give away books and bookmarks and buttons and stickers. Stickers. We have uh, a sticker that we haven't even unleashed upon the yeah. world. Yeah, a very exclusive Vital Social Issues and Stuff Oh, sticker. my God, it's so yeah. exclusive. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Talk Super about a exclusive. juicy exclusive. Like it is. So I mean, I can't. <laughs> I'm bursting with excitement and anticipation. You sound. You sound like you're giving away a zit. <laughs> I mean, okay. I don't. I. We're giving away zits as well. We're giving away zits. We'll. We will come to your house and pop your zits for you. Uh, oh, I don't like that. I'm not. Into that. <laughs> I don't like to watch those pimple popper MDs and all that weird shit. I can't. Yeah, I don't like to watch that either. But you know, for Lulu, I'll do it. Um, I'll do anything for Lulu. I know you will. I know. I'll take a punch in the nuts for Lulu. So just go ahead and email you your punches $10. in the nuts <laughs> to ten dollars for punch in the nuts. <laughs> and I want to go ahead right now and just clear this up because I know there's been a lot of rumors swirling about this, but the massages that Lulu received were legitimate. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to see another no. uh, allegation no. against no. her. You know, these were legitimate. Massages by professionals. Professional masseuses. Yeah. This was not in one of the massages that John Wayne and I like to frequent at two in the morning. Well, 
you know, we just are there to get directions on how to get away from there. We're just there to get directions to the bathhouse, which is men only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, again, you can find all of this at chrisandjohnwayne.com. Please consider giving. Um, I will say, like, it, even I know that this is like the worst possible time to ask people for money. Everyone's strapped. Everyone, you know, a lot of people are out of work or on unemployment. So I get it. But even a dollar, even if you just every little bit helps. Um, we have presently uh, 2,700 subscribers and we love you all. We thank you all. Now, just imagine if everyone gave a dollar. I mean, we would be there. We would be we would be there, you know, so. Just food for thought. We don't want to nag people for money anymore. Uh, but we, we will have more information on the uh, prizes coming soon. So follow us on social media, and we'll definitely have official announcements of all the different prize packages next week on the show. We will. Um, absolutely. So thank you, and uh, thank you. And oh, Delulu. Um, oh, dude, you know when you said that your uh, dad dropped you off at the movies? He uh, did. That made me remember uh, when I was in college, my friend and I took acid to go see Elmo in Grouchland. And uh, my friend... Elmo in Grouchland? Yeah, it was a really bad idea. Um, Is that uh, like Elmo, like the Sesame Street? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was in Huntsville, like this very small town where we went. So there's only two screens at this theater. And my friend, like, drove... My roommate uh, drove us out there. And, like, we got out and we were like, could not go buy tickets for Elmo and Grouchland for some reason. So he had to get out of the van... You and couldn't. Up. What they couldn't like, let you? <laughs> no, we just we just couldn't do it. And he was like, "Can I get two tickets to Elmo and Grouchland for oh my, my uh, chucklehead friends over here, please?" He like bought us the tickets and then had to hand them to us. Oh it my was, god, uh, it was crazy. But that reminded me of that. Did, so did you? Uh, were you on acid and and your dad when you went to this? Or no, I could never be around my dad if I was on acid. No, I would have a heart attack. Man, speaking um, of heart attacks, dude, ch- uh, rest in peace, Wilford Brimley. Yes, we did want to mention this, uh, at this at the top of the show as well. Uh, Wilford Brimley has passed away at the age of 85. And it's funny because it, it feels like Wilford Brimley was born old. And I think it has to do with... Um, I think Like, it has Clint, to like do- Clint Eastwood. Yeah, like he was always old. Always. Um, but I think it has somewhat to do with like like the movie Cocoon. Uh, which came out in the 80s, and it's about like an old folks community, and, yeah. and like aliens come to meet them. And Wilfred Brimley is one of the old folks. Yeah. Now, in reality, he I, I read this, like, he was only 49. <laughs> you know, everyone else that all of his co stars were like 80, he was like 49. So it seems like he's been. Like, but he, he looks fucking old in that <laughs> he movie. He looked old. He looked old. He did. He pulled it mm-hmm. off, you know. Damn, but, yeah, and we got Brimley, to see him. We got to see him one last time. We did. We saw him at the last Scares in the Care pretty much exactly a year, a year ago. Oh. Uh, but he missed some of it because even then he was having health problems. Um, but uh, but do you remember when I stood in front of him and predicted his death? And I was like, one year from today, you <laughs> will be dead. Yeah. And, and then, then you, the, the security pulled me back. You remember well, that? You op- yeah, you opened <laughs> Joke's up. Joke's on them. Well, you opened up your gri bag and you like threw black dust and bones, like like chicken bones at him and stuff. And yeah, and he didn't like that at all. To be fair, I had to use that gri bag uh, that weekend. It was about it was to going expire. To expire. Yeah, yeah so, it was. It was. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 You got to so. do what you got to do, man. Uh, but you know, it kind of, it kind of, I don't know. Like, I, I love the whole diabetes remix <laughs> remixes like a lot. My buddy Greg and I have watched Ice Ice Brimley 
about a thousand times. Shouts fact, out, Greg. The shouts out, Greg. Shouts out, Wilfred Brimley. Cubs um, But uh, as much as I love all that, I hate. I hated seeing these headlines where Wilfred Brimley, the diabetes guy, dies at 85. I'm like, that's don't say that. That's not just what he's known for. The guy was a prolific actor, and he had a crazy life. He was actually very much a badass. Like, did you know he was a bodyguard for Howard Hughes? The crazy Howard Hughes? Yes, the one and only Howard Hughes. As if there's some other Howard Hughes. Did no, like, the rapper uh, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. <laughs> did he ride the spruce goose or what? He, I don't know. I don't know if he did, but he was a fucking bodyguard for him. And you know what else? Um, what? He, what else? He is like a bona fide cowboy, like, you know, broke horses, like a, a badass cowboy. And... There was a certain actor who didn't really know how to ride a horse, but was trying to star in Western films. And Wilfred Brimley had to teach him to ride a horse. Do who you want to John know Wayne? who that was? John Wayne. John Wayne, the Duke, was taught to ride a horse by Wilfred Brimley. Hey, I, you know what I say? Save a horse, ride a cowboy. So yeah, save a horse, ride Wilfred Brimley. That's what boom I said. <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, he was I, also in the greatest horror film ever made, John Carpenter's The Thing. He was. He was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Little uh, little whiskey poured on the sidewalk for Wilford Brimley. Gone too soon. Mm-hmm. Gone too, way too soon. Another tragic death in the film industry. Uh, Alan Parker passed away. Uh, and he made one of my all-time favorite horror movies as well, um, uh, Angel Heart with Mickey Rourke. Oh, we were just talking about that. Were we? That movie, yeah, we were talking about Mickey Rourke last week and how he was going to kick Stallone's ass or some, sh- or did uh, Robert De Niro's he broke his? What were we talking? Uh, about? I don't know. Yeah, I think some fight I think that they got did. into. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we did talk about that. We did. Yeah, but yeah. shouts out to this guy. Now we just did you bring his death about? Is that no, one? Of the... Are I you did sure? Not. All right. No, no, I did not. Um. But, uh, yeah, he made Angel Heart, and, and so we lost Alan Parker, who directed it. We, we, and a few years back, we lost uh, William um, Hortzberg, who uh, wrote the novel Falling Angel. So, you know, the, the brilliance behind that movie, uh, with the exception of the two performances, uh, they're gone. Uh, he also, uh, Parker also did other films, he, uh, specifically uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, um, yeah, which is oh, yeah, yeah. a visually stunning film. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was very talented, and... Uh, you know, rest in peace, Alan Parker. Rest in power, dude. Back yeah. To, back to you. Back to me. So we lost some. We lost some people, but uh, you know, we go. We, and yet, we go on. Speaking of scares that care, dude. We it, it was supposed to be this week. I did want to talk about this. It what it happened uh, this past weekend online, and we were both part yes. of it. Uh, yes, for, we were. For, for and, and I'm really happy that we got to be a part of it. It's a great cause. Uh, and in one day, like it, it, this is interesting. This is the first time that Scares the Care has had to do it virtually. So yeah. you know, we were all kind of curious of like how this was going to go, um, and how it would how it would play out. And it was actually very successful. Uh, in one day, uh, it was eighteen thousand five hundred dollars was raised yeah. uh, for three needy people. Um, and yeah, so that's wonderful. It, it was awesome, and like definitely shouts out, hats off to like. Brian Keane and who and, and whoever else was working behind the scenes. Yeah, it was Joe. very smooth. Yeah. Joe yeah. Ripple. It was flawless yeah. the way you, I I mean I watched watched it in and out throughout the day on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, of course I caught your panel, baby. 
Um, oh, but like you. it was, it was all really smooth. It was uh, in for it was cool. It was it it wasn't lame. It was it was a cool yeah, thing. So no, it worked well. So it, those guys it, work really hard on yeah. these things, and this was a whole different. Uh, animal for them to learn and master in order to pull it off virtually. So hats, hats off to both of them and to everybody at Scares That Care and to everybody who participated, you know, uh, all the people on the panels and everything. You know, this was a great cause. And, and so I'm, I'm really proud of everybody. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And it just uh, it, it does, uh, uh, you know, it just makes me miss everybody. Scares That Care, yeah. though. That's such yeah, a, big, a big a big love fest, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, well, we've always that's, got each other, John. Wayne. I know that's where we met each other, though, and Greg and his dad's dick and all that stuff. You know, well, it's all it scares at care. That's where you met Greg. I I met Greg in, in behind the Seven Eleven. I like to think that we all met Greg there. Really, we really <laughs> met him. <laughs> he lives there. He lives in the that's hotel. What he really, really, he lives in the hotel. Yeah. Oh, he's a ghost. All right. Well, is it time for uh, our special segment? That we Are call you? Book of the Week. I think so. All right, folks, here we go. Book of the Week. Book. 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 Okay. This week's Book of the Week is, like last week, it's, uh, it's a collaboration of sorts, but it's a different kind of collaboration. Uh... This is between the writers Christine Morgan uh, and Patrick Harrison III. Uh, and, this, and this is a book called Visceral. And it's got a nice, goopy uh, death metal cover. You know, it looks like a carcass album. It's like a, a, a body with the guts, like, splooshing out. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is kind of cool. Um, but what makes it different is it's the, the two of them didn't really collaborate on the stories it's more of like there's stories by each of them all in in one book which is kind of a interesting approach um but i guess like their their dual talents are similar in the extreme field and so they decide to do this together so i'll just read you a, a quick description uh some tales are best told wet dripping with blood and bowels like a freshly slaughtered steer its flesh and organs splayed across the butcher's floor for all the world to see whether reading such stories or seeing such slaughters the observer is witnessing two primal truths fear can be measured in body parts and death is rarely heroic these eight tales were run through the meat grinder and served up raw if you're going in bring plenty of napkins Ooh. So again, that is um, <clears throat> Visceral, Christine Morgan and Patrick C. Harrison the Thoid. Uh, Christine is a very talented um, uh, author. I'm not familiar with Patrick's work, um, but I'm sure he's awesome too. But uh, Christine, shouts out to you. Uh, Christine's an awesome lady and really knows her stuff when it comes to extreme horror. Yeah, and um, I was going to say... Yeah, definitely check out Christine's, uh, Christine Morgan's other work. But her fate, my like one story that she wrote that like I always remember, and like I think it was in Dead Bait Four mm -hmm. anthology. Uh, I guess it's whatever the last Dead Bait was. Her story in that, I was like, oh shit, man, because it's yeah. all about like shitting in the water. That like not shitting in the water, but shit that's <laughs> in the water. <laughs> I guess yeah. you could shit in the water. But her, so I even most of us do. Killer Con, I was like. Christine, that story was like my favorite in the whole anthology. Uh, she and and uh, it's 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 like 
it's it's extreme but touching as well. I don't know. Mm. Check her out, Patrick. Uh, he is one of the co uh, head editors of Death's Head Press. Uh, his shit is awesome as well. What, who who put this book out? Is this a Death's Head book? I you think know? it is. I think it is. Um, I was looking on the on the site and it doesn't say, but I believe it's Death's. I Head. think it is. Yeah. 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 So that that to me sounds like a great combination. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I mean, I also... for those for those of you who don't aren't familiar with Christine's work but do like extreme horror, uh, she recently wrote a book called Lake House Infernal, and it's a continuation of Edward Lee's Infernal series, City Infernal, and all of those. Um, so, if Edward Lee thinks Christine's good enough to continue one of his uh, legacies, you got to know she brings the goods. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, and, and I also encourage you to check out each of their individual works as well. Uh, Absolutely. So, as Chris was saying. So, uh, yeah, that is, and is that already out um, at ti- the time of this? Out uh, now, baby. Out it's now. out now. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So we'll have to check that out, scoop one of those up, either uh, in a real-life situation or Kindle, I imagine. And Do uh, it. it will be a good thing. So, um, what you got going on there? You making a drink? I'm making a drink. I'm making a little purple drink. Oh man! Oh, this is the land of purple drink here, Houston, dude. H Town, yeah. Texas. You know what I'm saying? I'm not actually having a purple drink. I'm doing my usual Evan Williams and uh, RC Cola. Uh, hey, big spender, what's yeah. in the blender? Do they sell uh, liquor at grocery stores in the place no. that you live? No. No, no, no. no. Not here get, either. You can get beer in the grocery store, but you can't. You can't even get wine. You have to go to a package store. Oh, you can get beer and wine at the grocery store here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I love that you call it a package store because that's what, um, in Pennsylvania, like I was born in Pittsburgh, and mm. my gram- my grandmother would say, like, if uh, one of my un- uncles was drunk, my dad would t- told me this, like, she said, well, he's, he's carrying a package, yeah. which, meant, which meant he was drunk. <laughs> He'd been drinking. Your uncle's, right, been, right. Your uncle's carrying a package. Well, that's what Rest, it's called up north. It's called a package right? yeah, store. It's a package store, dude. Yeah, you had yeah, to go. Yeah. That's where you get everything. Dude, there's so many weird liquor laws in different cities. And there uh, are. Yeah. When I used to travel before we were all uh, put into tents and whatever we're doing right now, uh, it's, see, it was awesome to walk into like a grocery store and see liquor on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Louisiana is like that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it seems to work out fine for them. Yeah, look at it. It's going great. <laughs> great state yeah. my yeah. dad uh shouts out to my dad he was uh i just talked to him today he he he's a he does outside sales he's traveling right now he's in louisiana as part of his territory he said he was out front of his hotel swinging golf clubs not hitting not hitting balls but hitting like just the cute i get whatever that thing is the tee to like yeah i get it's just practicing a swing and like some some guy came up to him and was like, hey, old man, give me that club. And he was like, sure, I'll give it to you. And like went after him with it. And the guy like <laughs> took off. It was like, then the, the security guard ran out and said like, oh, yeah, there's a shelter down there. And people come try to break into cars and stuff all the time. What a so, nice resort. I know. <laughs> what, a, what Worth every penny. <laughs> no, it was at a hotel. It, it or whatever. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just keep it up. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get that Louisiana sponsorship anytime soon. But nope, nope. you know what? Nolens. I don't. I don't care either. I'm not going to a fucking swamp. Hmm. <clears throat> I lived in Florida too long. I had enough of that shit. Yeah, shouts out Florida. We lost yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. But at the time so, of this recording, Florida has officially dropped into the ocean. We've lost Florida. I wish. 
Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, should we get into our first topic? I I mean, I guess, unless you want to talk about liquor laws or uh, package stores anymore. Yeah, I'm sure this is what people tune in for. It's for us to go over the liquor stores uh, and all their rules. Let's start, let's start from the top of the alphabet. Alaska. Okay, let's look at <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our first topic. Uh, yes. Uh, all right, so first topic. Um, this is something that uh, both of us enjoy or are uh, tortured by, depending on how you look at it. Um, uh, something that uh, has it makes up a big part of who we are, and I know a lot of people that are fans of the show who are like this as well. Without further ado, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a One, two, three, four. collector. A collector of things. A collector uh, of stuff and junk. Yeah. Collecting. This was uh, one of the things I, I, I wanted to talk about, uh, particularly because I collect a lot of stupid shit, mm. and uh, I uh, not stupid shit to me, but what some people would say, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Collecting is something you either do or don't yeah. do. Yeah. I think like there is no try. You know, no one's half-ass collecting something. You know, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe like. Well, here's the thing with collecting is some people are completists. Like that's, okay. that's part of it, yes. Yeah, and I, like the people that aren't, well, the completists might think that they're half-assed collectors. Right. Do you, you want know? to explain what a completist is for the people that don't know? Yeah, well, a completist is someone like, like okay, let's say that you collect um, books by Stephen King. Now, some people might collect just the books that they really, really like, and they might want to get like the first edition of Carrie and The Shining and just the ones that they really like. Now, completists would want the complete Stephen King. So they would collect every single Stephen King book, every screenplay, every comic book, uh, everything they could. Uh, that's hard, co- hard cover, soft cover, everything. Yeah. Reissue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole thing. Everything. And or at the very least, they would collect one copy of every single book that he ever wrote. You know, yeah. that would still be a completist. So that uh, also like when people collect uh, like sports card, baseball cards, uh, mm-hmm. basketball cards, right? You, you can like like you, you want to get like the tops 1995 baseball right. complete series, you know, right. that they're all numbered. And then you have the special cards that would get like I started collecting uh, with cards and comics as a kid. Uh, because I didn't have disposable income really to buy toys. Plus, like, toys weren't kind of how they were or how they've gotten to be. But, yeah, I collected cards like crazy, dude. And I would do, like, I would do weird shit. Like, my, uh, I was, as much as it pains me to for Greg to hear this, I did used to really like the Cubs when I was a kid, but I was stupid and I didn't know anything. Yeah, Um, yeah. okay. (laughs) I I really liked uh, the, the, the player, Ryan Sandberg, who was a very, very, you know, fucking amazing baseball player second base for the Cubs. And I had, like, I was trying to collect every card of Ryan Sandberg that I could collect. And at one point I had one of the, you know, binders that with the pages of just all different Ryan Sandberg cards from like throughout the years, like of different, it was, it's insane. It can get insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really can. And it's like, I look at it and I'm like, man, how did I even dedicate, how did I even have money to do those things? Like, what if I didn't do that? Would I, would I have been able to like 
go out with girls because I had I would, I would have had money, you know, like instead of like maybe that maybe this is what the whole problem has been like all those years. Um, I just was buying toys and until like uh, I, I, you know, found somebody that would put up with that. Uh, uh, no, twice. I, 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 I totally get you. I totally get you. Um, uh, I for one, I am not a completist. Uh, I've never really been a completist. Yeah, I I just I buy the ones that I really want that I really like. You know, um, like I'll give you an example. I have almost all of the Friday Thirteenth movies, but some of them that I don't really care about. I don't I don't have them because I don't. Why do I need them if I'm never going to watch them? I don't need the remake of Friday Thirteenth. I'm you, never going to watch it. You know, you're talking about the physical medium, like a DVD physical or Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, like, okay, let's start like this. Actually, what are some of the things that you currently, right now, collect? I don't really collect as much anymore. I used to, uh, and I have a lot of stuff. But well, what I, collections do you have? Like, because I mean, if people are watching the video, we can see behind you. You have a toy shelf. Um, I with well, I mean, not a toy shelf. I mean, you have a figure shelf of action figures. They are poignantly posed, and I'm sure in a very like specific way that like I am. You can't see mine. There's stuff. Yeah, there's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what? Yeah, like, what kind of, of stuff like that do you have uh, that you collect? Um, well, I have. I do have some some figures. Um, and they are mostly horror, uh, and then there's some that are, uh, Batman and Superman. Uh, for example, I have, like, the Christopher Reeves Superman figure. I have the Adam West Batman figures, uh, Julie Newmar and Yvonne Craig and Burt Ward. Um, but mostly it's, uh, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Leatherface, Roy. Did you Uh, get that horse? Do you have that horse? That horse? The one that went with the ghost with the Christopher Reeve Superman, the one because he fell off of it to the oh. horse. Oh, I get it. The joke <laughs> about how he was crippled and, and died. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the kind of jokes that I bring funny. to this podcast. Funny, funny, edgy, edgy, topical, too. It was funny. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Real original, real mature. Okay. Okay. Freddy Krueger, <laughs> as you were, Roy. Roy. And the rest. And the rest, I have like a Roddy Piper figure from when I was a kid, like the rubber ones that you know, we used to bounce off the sidewalk, you know. Um, I have uh, Mike Tyson in a cowboy suit from Mike Tyson Mysteries. Uh, Show. When he goes to the Cormac McCarthy's ranch, which I just love so much. I love that whole concept. Um, Sorry. So, yeah, I have, I have some stuff like that, but um, I don't... Uh, uh, and I also have, I've collected some Halloween masks. You know, I have Matt, like the Don Post, uh, Michael Myers and the Halloween three masks and all that shit. Uh, and I have, a, you know, a bunch of ho- horror movie posters and, and different things. So I, I collect things, but I'm not a like collector. I don't keep everything in the box all, you know, all the time. Um, but there is one wall that I have where I have certain figures that I kept in the box, mostly because I like the box so much, mm-hmm. you know. I like the box as well as the figure, so I've kept it in there. But I don't really, I don't really buy these things anymore, uh, to be honest. It has to be something really extravagant. It has to be something exceptional. Because I mean, how many goddamn Freddy Krueger figurines can you have? You know. Well, you can have many. You could, uh, you could, but, but it's, but I don't need many. I have, yeah, yeah. I have like the original Todd McFarlane one from the '90s, like that was like the, f- the movie like, maniacs. Yeah, then they first started that. That was like a big deal, you know. Like we we're all like, "Holy shit, you can get a toy of Leatherface! This is crazy." Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I bought a bunch of those, and I still have them. Um, 
and I have some busts, like some resin busts that I really like. And those are actually in my living room. Uh, and I keep them right there with my Splatterpunk Award, baby. Oh, you know, the resin. Also board, resin. Also resin. Uh, but I have uh, Leatherface, uh, Jason, Freddie, and Michael uh, busts <clears throat> that I really, really dig. So, so like, I guess so that would count, like, as a kind of, like, horror memorabilia that you collect. But you then yeah. you also say you were collecting Blu-rays as well, or? I have a very big movie collection, yes. Yeah. So, and do you prefer to, like, because that's something, you know, now with everything being streaming, it, you know, what what do you feel about, do you want to own certain things on Blu-ray? Absolutely. Do you care no. that much? Like, I, always, I will always buy Blu-ray and DVD um, because, like, you can't really own something that's digital. Like, for example, when um, when Amazon made that deal with Kindle, everyone who had bought Kindles through anywhere that wasn't Amazon lost them. Because there was no longer a contract. So these people bought these books and now they're gone. They have to buy them all over again. You know, like, so I don't trust that whole digital medium thing. Um, I, I, I like a physical thing. Um, so, yeah, I collect movies. I collect books. I don't do Kindle or anything like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I definitely, I like... I collect records. I have a shit ton of records in the mm -hmm. shelves behind me that you can't see in the library here because it's dark. Yeah. Uh, I like records. I like vinyl. I have a bunch of uh, seven-inch records that I collect. Stupid stuff like that. Of course, I have a bunch of books I collect. Um, and I currently collect a lot of uh, toys, I would mm -hmm. say. Like, I do like the pops. Like, on my desk, all, always, like, are this... I, I have my Roy Pop, of course. Hell yeah. Um, Roy... Uh, which is mislabeled on the box as Jason Voorhees. So whoa, whoa, no respect. Uh, I have a, a Wayne Campbell because Wayne's World, Wayne's World, you know. And then I have this guy that's just a Funko exclusive little dude. So I have shit all over. I'm like the, such the biggest kid. All I like, yeah. I love toys. Last week when we were talking about turtles, you know, the, I was out there looking at my two fucking toy cases that I have out in the the living room. And I have like the Baxter Stockman figure, and I was looking at all my stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not, and I'm not a completist either, but I, I do buy the things I, the ones I want. Specifically, there's a lot of horror uh, toys, but I also like as soon as they, they, uh, I, I mean, I know we'll talk about this later, but this is one of the things that I was like, as soon as they announced that the Married with Children pops are coming out, I just ordered the whole set. I was like, no, yeah. I'm ordering it. That right. like those kind of things were like, but that's four things. Right. Um, I I am friends like I uh, good friends with um, some of these some people who collect these like pops like that's a huge thing to collect. Mm -hmm. Right. There's clubs. There's all kinds of shit. Uh, yeah. My buddy Charles, a.k.a. Funko Hunter 803. You know, I've been on his live show on Instagram and, you know, the unboxing show. It's a huge fucking deal the way like and those completists are are nuts, like because there's so many varying like subsets to the sets and then some people don't like they only buy them in person they won't mm -hmm. buy them on the internet they try to find them out in the wild and that's how they do it and will drive all over the place mm -hmm. it, it gets to be like so crazy as far as being a completist especially these days right. because there's so many gimmicks to get yeah. like you, you out there but i yeah i love just to collect the craziest just the cool ass shit that i like 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily trying to finish any set or anything now, like that. Here's, here's a question. Do you have <laughs> this stuff all over or is it just like in your one special room? Do you keep all your stuff? Oh, it's all over the place, dude. Yeah, My house, house is like yeah. a child uh, lives yeah. here. <laughs> it, it truly is. You walk in, like, you know, all the everything on the wall is like framed, but it's all like these horror prints that, right. that we have. Some, you know, all these like kind of posters from some of the bigger gigs that I played that are like mm-hmm. that they've made stupid shit like that. But then big glass cases I have of just shelves, like two shelves that are only dedicated to The Simpsons. Just, nice. it's just a sea of Simpsons characters, you know? And yeah. then. And yeah. then I and then I set them all up like I have a whole one thing that's it's all vampires. So every vampire I toy I have is on that shelf, like all arranged. Yeah, I have the monsters like I have like all this kind of shit that I put together spawn because uh, I had a bunch of Todd McFarlane figures, too, because Nick P and I shouts out at the video game store that we worked at, which like I told you is pretty much equivalent to like a, what a GameStop is today. We got all those Todd McFarlane figures when they first started rolling out. Right. So we would just buy them yeah. Before, yeah. before we put them on the shelf. Uh, so I have a bunch of those and um, I just, I like the setup of things here in the library. Like I have a ton of toys too, and they're like on the bookshelves, but I have like all the, I just have scenes that I've created, like all the it clowns I have, like all the iterations all around. Um, you know, I have these big Lebowski figures that, you know, I have all set up there. Uh, I, I like that aspect of it. I, yeah. I like I take things out. I have very few things that are still in the box. Mm-hmm. You know, most of my stuff. I have some things out there because the card like their current things like uh, this company uh, reaction started putting out those kind of three and a half inch star wars esque toys where it was like no articulation right. you know, right. there, you know yeah, i have a couple and, of those yeah yeah so I, I i got a bunch of those and then they started making all these crazy ones especially like i have this misfit set that's <laughs> the you know the fiend and they just kept putting them out like all this different one's ones yeah blood spatter yeah. this yeah, one glows yeah. in the dark this one's loose this sight one's the crimson ghost yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was uh yeah so i got a bunch of those that i keep yeah. in the box because they the did art come out part of it yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I have the, a lot of those, and they're all in the box, too. Uh, it started with me. Dark and shit. It started with me because um, they uh, they did the Universal Monsters, and I mm-hmm. bought those because they were they looked so much like the Remco ones that I had when I was a kid in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. So I got Creature from the Black Lagoon, Phantom of the Opera, and all those guys, uh, and that's where it started with me. But I then Dracula Frankenstein. But then they started to do... Um, other stuff they started to do other horror movies like uh, nightmare on elm street and stuff like that so i bought a couple of those but then they did my favorite movie of all time big trouble in little china and that was one of those things like you said where i like immediately ordered the entire set online yeah. you know yeah. but but i'm still pissed at them because they they put came out with a limited amount of figures and they came out with um you know of course jack burton and they came out with lopan gracie law and the three storms but i'm like where's Where's Wayne? Like, where's where's fucking Egg Shen? I want an Egg Shen fucking action figure. Why don't we get them? I'm pissed. Well, you didn't hear about the licensing dispute they had? No, you're just making some shit up? Or? No, they had, like, a, with Big Trouble in Little China specifically, there was a lot of licensing issues they had to get any toys out. Mm. Um, I'm totally making this up. God damn it. Yeah, you just, you just <laughs> make shit up. That, it wasn't yeah. even funny or anything. It was just It's like, funny to me, dude. Yeah, but it's but funny to, to no me. One, to no one else. It's kind of like your your bore out thing. It's not funny to anyone but you. 
this is what is gold, dude. You're in a bad mood. You need to lighten up. Hey, you know what? I'm always in a bad mood. You know? Um, this is good <laughs> shit, dude. No, I don't know. But I was gonna. I was actually going to say it probably is a licensing image thing. Because uh, why maybe, wouldn't they? Because why wouldn't they? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they, like they thought that the three storms were more awesome and i mean they are awesome don't get me wrong but i want an egg shen figure and like wayne wayne is the, the one he learned is the one he's the one who kicks ass that's the great thing in the picture of china is he is the sidekick but he does all the badass ass kicking and jack burton is like totally bumbling and he's like the hero but he's like you know he's not nearly as good you know like yeah, the sidekick exactly. is the badass in that story that's yeah, one of the reasons that's I think how so i great. win missions i fall ass backwards into you know the situation and it yeah. works out dude yeah yeah it does oh so, but i need for you to start kicking some ass though really for me yeah <laughs> I, need, I need to i need to get to it um no, I, but i do have a lot of those but the thing also about those reaction figures was the the cards that they were on would be like they would glow or they would be uh, all these variants so it was also yeah, a collecting yeah. in itself just bo both pieces like the variant I'll of the figure and the card slightly you probably can't really see it but, oh, is that your dick? Nice, dude. Nice. No, no, no. There's not oh. enough room on the camera for that. Yeah, um, no. Now you can't really see. It, but I have, I have one wall in this in this office mm -hmm. that they're all all the boxed figures, like the reaction figures and such, are all tacked to the wall. And I have a bunch of them. I've got um, you know Snake Pliskin, and I've got the Wolfman, and and you know all of that. And then I have uh, some other figures from all different things, Nika and stuff. I got like Beetlejuice, you know, and a bunch of these still in the box because I really like the box, you know. And then I have my Batman, which is the cardboard cutout I've talked about it on the show before. And all around Batman, I have different Batman figures from specifically from the Batman movies with Keaton. So I've got the toys from the 80s when the movie came out. And then I've also got like these special edition uh, DC multiverse ones of uh, Danny DeVito as the Penguin and and all of that, all kind yeah. of like circling around. It. And I keep them in the box because, like the first of all, the ones from the '80s have been in the box all this time. I'm keeping them in there. And uh, I don't know how you I, kept them in there that whole time, dude. Well, like, I had I, I had some that I took out too. I, I had oh. <laughs> dual sets. You know? Oh, <laughs> I, now I'm the one. That's got the silver spoon, but you're getting you dual sets of Batmans? Yeah, well, I worked and, and paid for them myself. Uh, okay, I also worked. I babysat. Oh, man, Babysitter's Club. Yep. Right? Right. Let's bring that back. <laughs> dude, I did everything when I was Book young. Book of like, the week. Dude, I, um, I, I babysat, I mowed yards, I cleaned pools, I cleaned houses, I tarred roofs. And this is when I was like 12... To, to, to age 14 like I, I did all of this stuff you know I worked on ranches and farms and picked fucking oranges and shit yeah like, a lot of people they don't know that you actually you grew up in 19 the 1920s so this I is did. normal this is like a normal 19 dickety bit. too yeah they, the Kaiser no, stole our word I did but you know what you're talking about silver spoon we were we were so poor that even though I was like 14 years old and doing these jobs almost all of that money went to my family I didn't even get to keep it well you win, dude. I mean, is that yeah. what you want to hear? I, I don't think I win. I think I, I think I fucking lose in this scenario. You're a hard worker, dude. What do you want me to say? But I got my fucking Batman toys, goddammit. Okay, you bested me on the Batman toys. I, uh... You know, but what... I guess, what are the, some of the things that in, inspire you to collect the things that you do? 
not like both of us not being completists. Mm. What is it about a certain thing do you feel where you're like, well, I have to have that? Like, especially like Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah. Because, because like you don't have to have that. Like I, as far as like your last statement, I'm like, I, I was a little bit like old man yelling at cloud where I was like, all right, calm down. They're in their digital movies are out there. Um, it's cool, but only because I've kind of converted a little bit from Nick P but I, but if I want, <clears throat> if I like a movie, I own the fucking Blu-ray. Of yeah, it. something exactly. like the witch. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I bought the Blu-ray, you know, there's certain things that I like just resonate with me, but I'm not buying everything on a, no, on a digital no. thing. Uh, no, uh, I don't, I don't buy anything on digital. I rent, but I don't, I don't buy no, I mean, I'm, I'm not buying any, I'm not buying everything on a physical sense. I mean. I, I, I'm buying what I the, like, what I really want to own. Well, I, that, I I buy if I want a movie I to buy to have forever, I just buy it in a physical form. Yes, I never buy something digitally because I don't trust that it'll always be there. No, no, that's fine. But you're buying like the the physical copies. Yes, just buy shit that like you're only gonna watch once. No. Just, Cool. Like, no, no, what, no. What, what is no, it has to be something that, that I know I'm going to watch a lot, but I'm a big movie guy, and so I have a lot of them. I also have a big uh, collection of uh, of uh, TV series. I have all, every episode of Married to Children and, and All in the Family and Simpsons uh, and, and all of that stuff. You know, I, and we'll talk about those shows a little later. But um, I have, like, the complete collections because I will watch those things ad nauseum. I will watch them over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like a comfort thing to me where I'll like, I, you know, like I'll come home and, uh, you know, and I, I won't want to get invested in, in a film or something. You know, I want to just kind of zone out and relax sometimes. And I'll put on this stuff that I've seen a million times. I'll put on a Simpsons episode that I've seen many times over 30 years time and, and I'll just enjoy it like it's the first time I ever saw it. Yeah, no, I definitely do that as well um, with stuff. I think we've we've touched on that before. Um, but there is something about collecting, um, as we're talking digital versus physical, there's something about physical medium that, uh, that is lost on a, a, maybe a couple of generations right now and is intangible. Totally. Um, You know what? One of the big thing is, is like you were talking about albums, uh, and I don't, I I I was just going to talk. Yeah. I was going to, yeah, yeah. I, I, real real quick. Um, I, uh, that's something that I think. Uh, the younger generation misses out on is we would buy an album and listen to the album. And now it's a lot of just singles and, and picking something up and watching it on YouTube and listening to it that way. I don't think people, younger people, not all of them, but I'm thinking like as the majority, they don't really buy an album and sit and listen to an album from start to finish, you know? Uh, and that's something that we definitely used to do. And I was very much a big music collector uh, when I was younger. And the one thing I would probably, one thing I was really completest about, uh, was Nick Cave. When I discovered Nick Cave, when I was like 18, I went fucking berserk. I became obsessed with him and I hunted down all like the, the B sides and singles. This is like pre-internet. You couldn't like, you had to like really search and I would go to different record shops. And like, I, I took a trip to New York city. I would like scour them and, and find all the bootlegs and everything. Um, so yeah, I used to be really into it and I still have a dresser that has a bunch of the you know i got rid of a lot of stuff but i have like 
a bunch of CDs that are like my collections. Like I have like the complete Scott Walker, the complete Nick Cave, uh, almost the complete Johnny Cash. I have so much Johnny Cash, you know. Um, so I totally get that, but I've never gotten into like the whole vinyl collecting thing. Uh, it was all CDs <coughs> back in the day. Yeah, well, back when we were younger, like as far as listening to albums, they were it was all CDs. Uh, and and I I also would consume things as whole albums, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, it's like some of your favorite bands like Soundgarden. I would get and just listen to it top to bottom. Uh, but because well, they're so good, I would. You know, yeah, I mean, the Soundgarden is so good. They're such okay. A great let's band. just back off. You now. know, like Black Hole Sun isn't the worst song of all time or anything. You know, it's not like I wouldn't rather listen to Turkey in the Straw over and over again than listen to Black Hole Sun one time. All right, Chumbo Wumbo, <laughs> let's just reel it in. I'm in a bad I, mood. I would I would buy uh, records and just listen to them top to bottom uh right like several times. The way I would listen to things cuz I also had to drive a lot uh like as a young man like I I was delivery driver and then I also like would drive back and forth to to college and it was like a 40 minute drive when I would have to right. come into work. So I had a lot of time in my car and I would always if I liked a band and I buy their new CD I would listen to it at least like five times top to bottom before right. I'd start going back to be like, okay, track three. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, this is the track lot. I like. Yeah, you know, sure. This one, this sure. One. Yeah. But what I, and that's something like I, I talk about, I've talked about this probably before on my other podcasts and stuff, but the difference between like an active listening experience and a passive listening experience. Um, and, and I think the majority of the way that music is consumed nowadays unfortunately is passively because yes, you're doing is. you're doing 14 other things while right, you you're right. th- yeah. hey alexa play fucking my dick is hard or whatever your song you, you want to do that <laughs> my dick that, is that, hard that's a good tune <laughs> whatever yeah, that's my favorite uh tammy wynette song my dick is hard <laughs> ah spoilers um but you know i mean it is like that or you're in your car you know and it's just right you're right. driving I, I totally agree yeah and, and that's fine like but it's just become a disconnected thing because you it don't you're not connect to an album. Like when yeah. I listen to records and people I people used to sit and listen to an album. They used to sit and really listen to it. Now, even if people are just hanging out at home, they like put on the TV on mute and stuff. I was like, what are you doing? A hundred just... different things, dude. Yeah. They're yeah. It's they're on their playing. phone. And yeah. 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 It, like people not... just, people just don't focus anymore. And yeah, dude, I used my favorite thing in the world when I was a teenager is I would get fucking stoned and I would sit and I would listen to a full album. I would put on like Monster Magnet's Spine of God or oh, Danzig yeah. 2, Lucifuge, you know, like I'd put that shit on. And, and that's another thing. I like greatest hits people always really kind of bothered me, you know, like someone be like, like greatest shits people. Right, right. And like some, deep some, cuts. some bands. Like, yeah, deep cuts, man. Like, you know, like some, like I mentioned Danzig and someone would be like, oh, yeah, I love Danzig. I'm like, oh, what do you like? And they're like, oh, I love, I love Mother. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, you don't know anything about Danzig. Like, I could, I am a huge Danzig fan, enormous, you know? Uh, and I'm like, that's really, that's all you can name is Mother and you have the nerve to say you're a Danzig fan? It's like when you ask someone what their favorite foreigner song is and they say Jukebox Hero. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You, you, you fucking front runner limp dick no opinion of your own you just follow the fucking herd you make me sick i'm gonna punch you in the throat well the thing about like listening to right rec- and all of these are valid points by the way that you're making you uh, got the right. thing about the thing about listening to records on like on vinyl current now in my present experience what i like about it is the fact that it you it, it is an active listening experience you are forced yes. to have an active listening experience whether you like it or not because 
that that record you can't just skip ahead yeah and you you have to get up and physically go flip the record and start it again like you can't hit a button you can't tell alexa to do something no and yeah and and even and even if you wanted to like skip to another song it's a pain in the ass so you're like you can't just hit a button you have to like look for the line and like you know go right to it and everything um it's one of the reasons that sensible people retired that shit and went to CDs <laughs> digital. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. And I'm not against that. I, I just, I, no, just, I, know, I, I, know, but I like vinyl a lot. I like the quality. I know. It is. I, people... I'm not, I'm not going to talk. I'm, we're not going to go audiophile on this. No, I, I hope not because that's nonsense to me. And I, and I, uh, I don't get it. I, I, I've never gotten it. Like I don't hear any difference when I listen to one or the other, but uh, I know a lot of people do. So we'll just leave it at that. We won't okay. debate it. That's Fine. another, another show. And it would be kind of boring anyway. So, so we'll put that in the uh, archives. We're gonna yes. bury. Th- we're gonna do that show. We'll bury it uh, with a, ru- a Russian bot on the dark yes. web, and if you can find it. You'll you'll hear all about it. You'll but the, win. But I, I do like a sparkly new bottle cap, jewel encrusted. <laughs> but listening to a record, also you say, li- sitting down and listening, like you can do that, or like can you have right. the, the actual gatefold cover or whatever. You open it up and you right. look. At all the stuff that's in there and like roll a joint on the fucking, you know, on the album covers and stuff. Or just, you know, I like, I'll listen to records when I'm Well, that's right. what album covers are for. Yeah, that's what that's I thought. Why they were, were, that's why they were built like that. That's why they're so big. Like, you're, you, you roll a joint on that's it right. and then you tack it to the wall. That's right. And then you take it down and you want to roll another joint. I mean, yes. that's what I always did with them. No, no, you're right. I, I was going to get to like Chester A. Joint, uh, right joint, up. joint Arthur, uh, he they declared that records would be that that 12 inch size because it was the perfect size for uh rolling a joint on a surface yeah. so they wanted to have that so they declared that's the only reason why and you can check me on this wikipedia and also wikipedia oh. uh that, so that, is this like actually true or are you just slinging more bullshit Oh, dude, I, I was—I thought we were both doing a bullshit thing right there, <laughs> ripping off your shit. No, dude. It's like, oh, no, they're like, some records were like forty fives and stuff, so I don't know, you know. But I mean, yeah, it sounded uh, like bullshit, but I—I I don't know sometimes. No, yeah. um, but I, but also I like the fact that you—you you have to get up and do something. Right. Like right. I like to—I'll stack up like four or five records when I'm gonna write sometimes, and just when the record's over, I get up and it's almost like a reset. Uh, I know it does work well, maybe like for everybody, but it's kind of too, like here's something too that'll like blow younger people's minds. You know, like it wasn't just a solitary thing. Like that that was part of it. Like you would sit by yourself and you smoke a bowl and you listen to an album. But like you could do this with buddies too. Like yeah, people everybody were really, comes people were really into it. You would just sit and you would just listen to a new album or even an album that you'd heard before, and you'd just kind of like zone out and be like, ah, oh, I love this song. This song is so deep. It's so cool. Like no one does that now. No one does that. Not younger people and not older people. Because older people have families and other stupid bullshit that fucking ruins their lives. And so they don't they don't get to do it anymore. You know, I put I actually have music on all, all the time in, uh, in social situations either from. The- yeah, but that's different. You're not just like sitting there and like all really listening and appreciating to it. You don't have like album parties, you know, like we used to do. Right. Oh, not like you and I used to do. No, those are I'll never have album parties like that again. No, but, nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like but, that. No, you're right. You're right. I guess. Uh, but I, maybe I was, back, back when I was in college, though, I would say like uh, back when I was in college, yeah, we that's what I'm saying. We'd break out the new corn record and I'll sit and listen. You well, know, that's what I'm saying like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Exactly. Like back in the day you did, you know. 
Um, me and some of my friends, like a new album come out, we would listen to it like that. Uh, I will say this. Um, there are occasions say? where, uh, where like I do do that. Like, uh, before he passed away, whenever Scott Walker would come out with a new album, I would sit and listen to it alone, start to finish in the dark. That was my thing. I would like make it dark and I would really sit. So there was no other sensory Like I couldn't see anything. All I could do was hear the music because I love him so much. He's my favorite musical artist of all time. And it kills me that I'll, there'll never be another Scott Walker record. Um, so there are instances like that where a certain band like him or Nick Cave or somebody will come out with something new and I will sit and listen to it by myself. And like, that will be like the evening. I will really listen to it and pay attention. You know, like if Tom Waits ever came out with a new album, you know, I, I would do that, you know, oh, I hear for you. example. I dig that. That's and that's that's why I like to have a nice sound system. We have right. a pretty decent like <clears throat> sound system that we're like lucky enough to have that uh, my wife uh, still funny. Uh, her dad gave to her when she graduated from college, the very prestigious University of Texas. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Would she a, get enough marble miles to go? Yeah, dude. No, <laughs> come on. That was a sick burn. That was a sick burn. Dude. I know. I, I always tell her like that. Uh, I was like, uh, how do you how does your I'll, I'll fuck with her. Like, where's your overpriced education? God, now, like, uh, because UT is one of those schools that's like super big pride in Texas. Like, you know, it's Texas A&M or it's University of Texas. Right. Uh, so she she did the whole UT thing. Uh, why was I fucking talking about this? I don't know. What were we talking about? Music? Guys' butts. Oh, fuck yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that reminds me, at UT... So Jason, Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley. <laughs> I don't know. and I'm not going to go back to even check what we were talking about. I can't no, no, no. About we, were talking, we were talking about records and listening to them uh, and, and all of that. But this was supposed to be about collecting, so um, let's get back to well, that. It is about that. collecting. It is, it is, but let's, let's get back to that. Because um, I, I wanted to mention... Um, uh, books, because I do collect books, um, particularly if it's an author that I really like. And there was one writer who I was, when I was in my early 20s, I discovered him. Excuse me. And it was very difficult to find his books at the time. Uh, a British writer named Ted Lewis, who um, most famous, he's most famously known for writing Get Carter, which became the Michael Caine film. Um, it's uh, originally was titled Jack's Return Home. Uh, it's really like credited as being like giving birth to like the whole hard, uh, hard nosed like British crime uh, genre, you know, where like the, the character is not a hero. He's a mean son of a bitch, you know, and this like was kind of springboarded that whole thing. And uh, I, I love that book. I love Jackson's Return Home slash Get Carter. Um, it's really fantastic. And that was the first one I read. And from there, I wanted to get his other books because he had like nine books. Uh, that he wrote before he died young uh, from alcoholism. He was only in his 40s. Um, and so I went on like a mission because not only were these books out of print, but they were out of print in England, you know? So I like really had to search. I was on eight books all the time and everything. Uh, and like since then, some of his books have come back into print. Like you can get GBH and, and Bolt and some of his other crime novels. Uh, but I, back in the day, f hunted these things down. And some of them are hilarious because they have such shitty, outdated uh, covers to them. Like the Bolt cover is just absolutely embarrassing. But I managed to get all of them, uh, including All the Way Home and All the Night Through, which is his first novel, 
which is not a crime novel. It's the only book he ever wrote that wasn't a crime novel. And it's actually a sort of a romance, not like a swashbuckling, like, you know, ridiculous romance, but like it's a dramatic novel about these two kids in art school and it's really romantic and it's very good. And you cannot find this thing. Like this thing is like thousands of dollars when, it, when you find a copy. And I managed to find it somewhere for like, I don't know, 20 bucks or something, an old paperback. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I, I do get into that stuff, you know, and like certain writers that I love, like Harry Cruz or Hubert Selby Jr., some of which like at times their books were very hard to find. Some of them are back in circulation now. Uh, I, I would definitely hunt these books down because they're, they were so worth getting because they're good, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, that's my uh, piece on that. If, if anyone was interested. We're all interested, dude. All of us are with rapt attention. Sometimes I, sometimes I'll, I'll hear myself <clears throat> talking and I'll be like, who cares about this? Everybody does, dude. Cause we're talking about collecting. Okay. <clears throat> I, I don't know if I, I mean, I guess I've never been, I still have never been like, I'm trying to chase down one certain artist on everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm very picking, I'm very a la carte, I guess, about that. Right. Right. Um, with musicians, with bands, like back in, you know, maybe back in the day, I was very adamant about collecting everybody. And I'm still about like certain bands, I will. <laughs> everything they put out. But, um, like corn. Like corn, like Karen. <laughs> <clears throat> not Soundgarden, so, not corn, but um, rest in peace. But like Tool, I'm super into Tool. Wait, still. you said rest in peace because Corn is the guy from Corn dead or something? No, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden is dead. Well, yeah, he's dead. That's okay. you said Soundgarden, and then I said rest in oh, peace. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's dead as fuck. Yeah, he's so dead. Um, yeah, super dead. Uh, we lost him this Black year. Black hole, John. Mr. Soundgarden. Uh, but. No, I, I don't. I'm just I guess I've never been a completist. I don't even know why I just but I'm a huge collector. I have so like many things like I even collect guitars. I have eight guitars, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's uh... I still get I still get weird about certain things where I'll be like, OK, I have to get that. But I don't collect like I used to. I, I don't like I don't buy figurines anymore or masks or anything like that. If I do, it has to be some like like specific thing like you know like the, i bought that roy mask you know like about a year ago when we were at the uh, days of the dead i bought that because that was like a thing between you and me and everything and like one well, of us both have them what about but, your russian music box collection though you're still keeping that up right well yeah absolutely i mean yeah that and the porcelain dolls you know like i have i have all of the elvis plates and I have all the porcelain dolls. Okay, but that's something else I wanted to say. Like, what about the other? I don't have those, uh, by the way. I want to make the... that clear. You don't I make it clear. I don't have any Elvis plates. Or I wish I had Elvis plates, but you can. Uh, have... Thanks, man. You're you welcome. know, I I actually won't even walk the floors a lot of times anymore at conventions. Or if I was, I wasn't for a while. I'm like, I'm just going to see my friends. But when I start to walk and look, I'll find stupid toys that I need. Right. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I I actually haven't bought anything from a convention in a while I, except for the roy toy right. the roy nika figure i had to have he was about to sell out he held one for me right and i, and I bought it but you know that was roy. Well, that's the thing man like it's <clears throat> like i like you know back in the day i was just so fucking thrilled to be like oh look at this cool jason and oh now there's a jason based off of the nintendo game and he's purple and like yeah, whatever that's cool yeah but like like i used to be really like into all that stuff and was excited for the new thing now i'm just like 
you know, because what they continue to do is they continue to put out the same shit. Like, here's another Jason, and here's another Jason, and here's another one. And it's like, I'm, I'm bored of it. And I get it. They do whatever's the most popular because they're going to make, you know, they're going to make more, more coin off of that. But, like, I would love it if they made, like, figures for more obscure horror films like the you know, i want i want a figure of felicia rose from from sleepaway camp i want i want a figure of the burning you know like that i would be into i but, i like, actually i, I don't think i don't know why they haven't made figures of those because they, they're not they as could. profitable they're they not could. as pro that's my point though they're not as profitable because you know like if they make a jason figure they're going to sell out of those fucking things you know if something has more esoteric appeal like if you make a fucking just before dawn you know or or um you know, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night figuring, it's not going to sell as much, you know? I, I agree, but I'd also, you know, because I'd like to see variants of Roy. Like, I want to see Roy in his EMT outfit. I'd like to see uh, a young Roy, possibly. I want like to see some Roy. Roy. I'd like to see Roy, uh, like a Roy where his, you know, he's holding his baby son in his hands. It comes mm -hmm. with that, like when the baby is, yeah. his son's born, you know. Yeah. I would yeah, like I, that. I, I, want, would... I want, like, summer fun Roy. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thanksgiving Roy, you know, where oh. he's wearing a full Indian headdress. Oh, Native American. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. But, uh, yeah, w w what do you think about thing people that, like, completists that even, they, they get the shit even if they don't like it? You know, like something like a Beanie Baby craze, like those kind of weird things yeah, that really that's just weird. people where yeah, they yeah. just had to have every single one. Well, and those people are in it for different reasons. Those people think like they're going to get rich off of it. You know, they, they buy them because like they think like if they have the full collection one day, it'll be worth a lot of money. You that's what I think the Beanie that, Baby thing was. That it gets just but like other things where, you know, Beanie Babies aside, where people will even buy the. I don't like this character. Or I don't like this thing, but I'm going to buy it anyway because I'm collecting. Because I want the whole the, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. A lot of people are like that. A lot of people are completists. You know, where mm -hmm. they'll buy the entire thing. Like, say it's He-Man or something. They'll buy every single figure, even if they don't like the particular character. Even if it's like, oh, this is the Elephant Man guy. Not Elephant Man as in, like, Joseph Merrick. But, like, there was an elephant creature thing in, in He-Man. And it was really stupid. And, uh... But like some people would buy that just to have the whole collection. Is there is there an like asterisk for those kind of like people if they like are they're completists? But I don't like this. Like you yeah, know, I think, I think it's asterisk douchebag. Oh man, that's a, tons of asterisks. Yeah, that's some harsh shit. But I laid it down. You did lay it down. That's what you I know. do. I lay it down like rat, dude. Rat said it best. Lay it down. Now, there's a band worth mentioning, not this Soundgarden shit. Rat, dude. Rat. Dance, dance, uh, dance. Didn't their singer have some questionable things that maybe maybe we should just... Uh, you know what? I don't know. Round and round. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? Let's. Uh, you have a very specific collection that you've been saving for the end yes. of this that's going to take us into... I do. I do. And, and I want to, I want to pass that baton to you to to show tell us about this particular collection because this is not only defines you. This this says a lot about both of us. It uh, does. And what when what uh, linked us as friends? Absolutely. Outside um, of LinkedIn. 
because we were friends on LinkedIn that's, first. That's where we, we started. And then we got linked uh, through this. So, yes. I thought it was Grinder that we, we first found. Okay, <laughs> buddy. We weren't going to talk about that. But, okay, we were Grinder friends. Then we were LinkedIn friends. Then we became... <laughs> it was MySpace. It started with MySpace. Um, Everything does. Every, what, what didn't, right? It all goes back. That's how everyone met everyone. Yeah, um, yeah okay, so... This is something that I still collect. This is one of the few things where if something new pops up and it and I really like it, I will definitely get it. Um, this is uh, John Wayne and I's favorite TV show, Married with Children. Married with Children. But you know, I want to jump in right here because you don't you don't have the pops. You didn't get. Well, the I pops. said that's why I said it's something that I really like. I don't like pops. But you said if if something comes new for this, I'll get it. And yes, I said if something comes new and I, I really like it. Okay, okay. I don't. Get, I'm not a completist with with this. Okay, okay. I'm not. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't no, mean to. I, throw I just. I, I mean, I know a lot of people love pops, yourself included. But I just don't like pops. I just don't get them. They, they just it, don't that, do it for me. Yeah, that's fine. No, it's all good. But I do have that, and I do have the Al Bundy one where he's he's in his football mm-hmm. uh, uniform as well. It's just yeah. Okay. It's kind of well, rare. That's great. That's great. Uh, but I thought you wanted me to talk about my married to children stuff. But I, I mean, do. You can talk about your pops if you want. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm color commentary, all right? Oh, That's all right. what I'm doing. All right. All right. I'm yeah. doing what I yeah. do. Right. Go ahead. Talk about your toys. My toys! This is my time. All right. So, But it's not just toys. It's just it's married with children. Um, I, uh, of course, have all of the DVDs. Now you can get the box set where you have everything together. But I bought them one by one by one as they came out each season. And even before they had those, I got the most outrageous episodes, like compilation DVDs that released first. I bought those immediately. Um, particularly because one of them had the Too Hot for TV episode, uh, which was called I'll See You in Court, and which was never aired until um, the 2000s. Uh, it was a, an episode uh, that was considered too scandalous, and so they never aired it. Uh, which, You're giving me a puzzled look. Which one was that? It's called. It's called. I'll see you in court. It's the one what, where. Uh, what's the premise? The premise is that uh, the Bundys and the Darcys are uh, both go to this hotel and they're filmed without. Oh, and they film the porn. Going. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. never shown. That was never shown in the in the in the show's original run, um, at all. Like even though that was one of the early episodes, it was never shown until the early 2000s. They finally released it. Uh, because Why? it was considered too, it was considered too racy and too scandalous because they were filmed having sex and everything. Uh, even though you don't see them having sex, that would have been awesome if you got to see them having like you know I like guess, these hot sex scenes. But no, no I guess uh, just so if anybody, the people that are listening, if you don't know what I we kind of I've skipped all through that. The premise is that uh, Steve and Marcy recommend a, a motel for Al and Peg to go to on a weekend getaway. And they go there because they've been there a bunch of times and they love it. And Peg and Al go there and they order porn and it's Marcy and Steve having sex right. in that right. room. So you find out that that hotel has been videotaping everybody having sex right. and, and then, selling and, it as the porn. Right. And then they sue the hotel. And that's yeah. basically the episode. But this yeah. was considered a little too randy for the 80s or the 90s. Really? Even. It was. It was. They wouldn't. They, they like. Fox saw it and and was like, no, we can't air this shit. And so that never was released until the early 2000s. And I remember very specifically because they were promoting it on FX. And 
I was so fucking excited, dude. Like, I had a fucking tape ready. I was going to record it, and I watched it. Like, I was so excited about this. No one else gave a fuck. Like, the thing aired at, like, 10 at night. No one cared. But I cared so much, dude. I was so excited. And then the first DVD that they ever released of Married with Children was called The Most Outrageous Episodes, Volume 1. And it had that episode on it. Uh, And I bought it. And then I bought the second one. And then they finally started to come out with uh, each season. Um. And so, yeah, I've got all of those. But I have stuff from way back in the day as well. Uh, One of them is a poster of Kelly Bundy. Now, uh, Kelly Bundy, Christine Applegate, was a huge sex symbol at the time with that show. Uh, She was enormously popular with the guys. And you could find these posters of her. She's not naked, but she's just like, they're just like a poster of her. And she looks super cute or super sexy. Uh, But she's not naked or in lingerie or anything. She's in regular clothes. And I have one of them that I've had since I was 13 years old. And I still have it. And it's framed. And it's in my living room right now because I I live by myself. (laughs) I don't have a wife or a girlfriend to object to it. Uh, so and yeah, you sent me pictures it. of it. I've seen I it. I did. I did just to make you jealous. Um, and I'm glad that you finally put it in a frame because it was always in a frame. Oh, okay. Good. No, well, not always. I mean, when I was like 13, it wasn't, but no, no. Like ever since I got a place of my own, it was always in a frame. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I, no, I love that poster. Uh, I cherish it, but it is kind of weird that I'm 43 and I have a poster of, uh, what at the time was a 16 year old girl <laughs> hanging up my wall. But, you know, it's okay uh, because she's older than me in real life. It's okay. I've had it since I was 13. Give me a fucking break, you know? And like I said, she's not naked. She's just a pretty girl. And, you know, like, okay, well, It probably would have been fine if we didn't go down that road. Uh, not going all. down any road. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just laying it all out. No, it's true. I, yeah, I understand. I, Because I, if I had one of those posters still, I would have it hanging up for sure. If she I had was, a 16-year-old girl, I, I, I'd be a happy guy, too. I was a... Uh, <laughs> I was in love with Kelly Bundy as well as Peg Bundy, both of them. I I, oh I couldn't, as a kid, as a very young child, could not wrap my mind around like, oh, I'd be probably fucking her all the time if she was my wife. What's his right. problem? Yeah, like, like why uh, does Al not want to have sex with Peg? She's fucking hot as hell. But yeah. now I'm like, oh, I get it. No, yeah, it's a joke about being married. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you totally get it. That's the whole joke. Yeah. Kelly, I mean... That's been labeled like several friends, including my wife, female friends have told me, you know, you know, what your type, you have a type. And I was like, what? And they're like, blonde and slutty. <laughs> and that has been like, my wife is not blonde or mm-hmm. slutty, mm-hmm. but even she has agreed that that is my type. And mm-hmm. it all is derived from Kelly Bundy. It this all goes, goes back, back to Kelly. Kelly Bundy. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. And I'm not slut shaming. In any way, not even. Oh, if anything, we're slut celebrating. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, like that is where that came from. She right. is like Kelly. Yeah. She, right. she jump around and. She's just wonderful. She's just wonderful in every possible way. Um, so yeah, I've got that poster, but then I've also got um, the first line of figures that they ever came out with, which was like in the year 2004 or something, um, and. Uh, I have all of those, and they came out with everybody. They even came out with uh, Marcy and Jefferson and everything. But there was no Steve, which I was I th- a, why didn't they have a Steve? I don't know. I think I think that's uh, that's some rude shit that they that's did. That's some bull crap, dude. They Steve did. Was but, an uh, important part of the lineage. It wasn't like he was I a one one and done. No, dude. Like uh, I actually prefer uh, the Steve episodes. I think the show was better back then. I do. I'm gonna say it now. 
That's Steve. Fine. Steve, uh, I'm a uh, team Steve, not team Jefferson. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I might probably land on the same side as you. I didn't really ever think about my allegiance either way, but you know, Steve, at least like, uh, you know, well, you know what? I, I'm probably more of a Jefferson though. You know, uh, he, oh, you know what? This show is over. I he's can't... trying to like not work and just like be. No. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I can yeah. see that. And why, yeah. why um, do you like it? But, uh, <laughs> no, not, these are jokes, people, these but, are jokes. uh, Dude, but seriously, if I could work at one of those bars, like remember when Al was working at that bar and he was of getting course. all the tips from the ladies Ain't and he brings Jefferson in? Enough. Yeah, and then Jefferson takes all of it and he's like all yep. sad. Yep. I would yep. yeah, that would be the best job. But uh yeah, no, Steve was a more of a defined character than Jefferson was a one note guy. He was just I think they were both fine characters. It's just that the show, I think, was at its best. Not because of Steve, but at the time when Steve was on the show, those are like the greatest episodes. Like to me, season four of Married to Children is its greatest season. Every episode is fucking legendary. Every episode is flawless. It's great. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to all that. We're talking about just the collectibles right now. Um, so you got so when these came out, you you I bought a bunch of get them. all these yeah. from. Uh, well, I was living in Massachusetts at the time. There's a place called Newberry Comics that sold this kind of stuff, and I bought a bunch of them. And then uh, other ones I bought online down the road because they weren't the easiest things to find. Um, excuse me. Now, I'm not a completist. I don't have all of them because what they did is they had different variations of uh, Kelly and Al. Or variants, and, as it's called also in the street. That's industry term. Okay. Different variants. Whatever. Um, this is so what I'm had, here for, baby. <laughs> to interrupt me. Yeah. So they had different variants Shut up. Um, they had different ones. Um, and the Al ones are actually very hard to find because they're the most popular. They're the most expensive if you try to find them. So I have the original Al, and that's the one I really wanted. Um, it's just Al in his, like, regular clothes with, like, you know, the, the, the khaki fucking jacket and the tie and everything. But they have other ones. I really want to get the, the him in his Polk High uh, jersey and sweatpants, but that's really hard to find. Um and they also have him in his bowling shirt, which is easier to find. And then they have the, him in his no ma'am shirt. But it's the same figure with a different shirt, you know. Uh, but I've got him. I've got Peg. And I've got – there were two different Buds. One was just Bud and one was Grandmaster B. So you know I got Grandmaster B. And it's him with the reversed hat and the sunglasses. But I do have all of the Kellys that they came out with because it's Kelly in all the different dresses from different episodes. And they're like – they deliberately did her in like – the dresses that she wore in like the gutter cats video and stuff. And, and, you know, like all of like the really good dresses, like the pink one and, and the, the black one with the crosses hanging from the, the breast cups and everything. Uh, so I, I had to get all of those because, you know, I, as I said, I don't have a wife or girlfriend, so I have to sleep with something. So I have all those Kelly dolls. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I mean, you know, there's nothing Are you going to say, that. I'm glad that you have those to keep you warm at night. No, I was going to say, I'm glad that you got those, but I did want to bring up the Grandmaster B thing, because is Grandmaster B real? Because he's in a whole, he comes about in the whole season where it's like Al's dream. Right. Basically. And he's referenced like right. maybe twice after that, but is he even real? So I think that Grandmaster B is even like a cooler character to have, because he's not even really real right yeah, he's like an aberration of, yeah. of that whole extended extended universe weird universe yeah, yeah it, it yeah, really yeah. it was i mean so like going back well, for those for so, those who don't explain. yeah for those who don't know 
uh, on season six of Married with Children, uh, it was announced that Peg was pregnant again. And this was really funny, of course, because like that's the last thing Al would want is another child. Um, and and what, Marcy was pregnant as well. Right, right. What happened in real life, though, is that Katie Segal, the actress who, who plays Peg, she was pregnant. Uh, and so they were they were like, okay, this is great. You know, they like this is this is hilarious. At first they're like, oh shit, we're gonna do the show. And they're like, wait a minute, this is so funny. Like, what's the worst thing could happen to Ali as another fucking kid, you know? And so they ran with it. Uh, and it went for a few episodes, but then sadly, uh, Katie had a miscarriage, and it was really hard for her and hard for every uh, like uh, hard for everybody, but mostly for her and her family. And uh, so when the show, they're like, they didn't really know what to do. But of course, they didn't want to like bring it up again. They didn't want to like you know put Katie through anything more than she already been through. So what they did is they made a few episodes where she wasn't in them, and there was all sorts of just like ridiculous things going on, including Kelly Does Hollywood, which our show is named after. Uh, that was in that whole uh, lineage. So it's a dream, baby. Right, right. Well, we're, we're a dream. dream. We're a dream. Um, dream boat. Exactly, two of them sailing through the sky. Uh, uh, so, uh, so anyway, um, eventually they decided that it was all a dream and, you know, because they wanted to bring Katie Seagal back to the show and they didn't want to continue the pregnancy thing. And so on one episode, Al wakes up and the whole thing was a dream. Dude, um, but, but it was, but like it, everything unfolds is like, he wakes up and like Kelly and Bud come in and like, but he's like, Bud, were you over a street rapper named Grandmaster B? And like they start <laughs> laughing and shit. And, but like, but so, but then Bud goes, "Hey, that's hey, a good yeah, idea. exactly." You know, so, like, so, Kelly says something. So B, I think B definitely exists because I think I think like B continued from there. But no, you're you're right. It did originate there, and it was most prominent in that season. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that David Faustino, who's a a a, a little white guy. Uh, was really into hip hop and into yeah. rap, and so there's a lot of that behind the scenes stuff with the show, where like, you know, like uh, Ed O'Neill plays Al Bundy. Uh, they they did all these football jokes with him, and uh, and the truth is, is that in real life he was a high school football star, and he actually went on to play for the Steelers for one seal season. So he was actually an NFL player at one point, and so they they kind of tease him in the show. Same thing with uh, with uh, Amanda Bears, who who. Uh, you know, is gay and, and became um, in the show, she became more and more um, masculine, I guess you would say, as the seasons went on. Um, so anyway, before we get into all that stuff, we were talking about the collectibles. I have a bunch of these figures. I have yeah. Al, Peg, uh, Bud, uh, um, Marcy, and I have like the whole um, all of the Kellys. I ended up getting a, a deal on them online. I got all of the Kellys from someone who's selling them on eBay. Uh, and I was like, give me them all. I only paid like $800. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, it was way less than that. Way, way less. Because yeah. um, I'm not insane. Uh, but whenever there's a married with children thing, because it's few and far between, uh, I, I do tend to like want to snatch it up. Uh, and they recently came out with uh, a couple of them, uh, like exclusively through Target. They came out with some that were like Barbie sized. I bought a bunch of those, all of them actually. Uh, and then they came out with the ones that are kind of like the same size as those Remco Star Wars figures. I bought that box of them as well, yeah, and I have all those. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I've got all of those. Uh, and but then I have older stuff. I have like old T-shirts and everything that uh, in the early 2000s they like had a revival like at Hot Topic, and they came out with some T-shirts and stickers, and I bought all of that shit. Um, so it's it's kind of a weird thing where. I've even though like I love Michael Myers and I collected a bunch of Michael Myers stuff over the years, I'm kind of like done because they just constantly release Michael Myers stuff. But the Married with Children stuff is so few and far between that when it does pop up, I'm like, oh, shit. And I usually grab it. But if it's a pops, I don't care because those things I'm not into. So I get the stuff that I like. But that's also that's a thing. That's another thing about collecting. Like you just said, Michael Myers stuff they keep putting out. Mm-hmm. I like IE like there has been like an awful new Halloween movie, and there will be a, a part right. two to it that's coming right. out that I'm sure will be as equally awful, equally terrible. Um, but they'll put a billion figures out for right. it. But right. something like Married with Children, it, there's a when, when you when something has like a finite time period, and that also applies to bands. Like you think like yeah. like Led Zeppelin, you know, there's a finite thing you can collect because John Bonham died. You know, there, there's things like that. Like they're they're not making Married with Children anymore. There's no. no other iteration of it in any no. form. No. So when something and you comes can't out, make something like that. It, that's it one becomes, of the things that's so. If they did, if they remade it, that's when I drive up to to uh, your secret location and you and I take that big step into the afterlife together. Yeah, uh, we, just, we 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 bomb the fucking all. place, dude. We yeah, we get we yeah. just do a we drive up in the mobile, dude. Oh my we god! Just, and it is wired yeah, for packed, sound. Packed with C4, we just drive in the Polkai mobile. Packed and with that, C4. And we blow up Fox. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I hope it. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Nope. God forbid. God, God forbid. forbid. Hopefully, it don't, but don't make us do it. We will. Um, <laughs> but some. But it is something to be said about when you when as a collector when something is done like yeah. it, it's it's a it exists in this space and right. that anything that comes out of it is going to be few and far between because right. the further right. in time you get away from that space, right. The relevancy goes yeah, away. The relevance goes away, and the and the market the marketability goes away. So it's but very the rare. The collector appeal does not go away. It goes up. It does not. But there's less and less people like that give a shit. Yeah. You know? Like they used to sell Kelly Bundy posters in Kmart, and they sold like hotcakes. But that was back when the show was relevant. I, oh. You can't you can't now do that kind of thing. You know that's where I got my poster. I got it in a fucking Kmart. You know? they, they did. I remember those posters that they would have at Walmart of the chicks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I gotta go to Kmart, by the way, uh, during the break. Do you have any by you? I don't. I don't. No, I don't think almost all gone. I think gone. Yeah. Um, but I thought you were gonna ask if I had any sexy posters by me, and I was like, well, let me. Well, I know you have a Dawn of the Dead one behind you. That's kind of sexy in a way. Yeah, that's, that's back there. Um, everything about this whole place is sexy. You know why? Because mm-hmm. it's. Vampire run, oh. vampire sexy dude. I'm reading the totem. I really like it a lot. Isn't it but great? Very good. Um, oh, yeah, dude. Reads. Uh, it, it reads really easy. Like it's super fucking. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a Bentley Little book, to be honest mm. with you. Mm. A little bit of that style, uh, but it not the oh. same. But it like it's it's it kind like the when I was as I've been reading it, I'm like man. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that style. I like it. Um, well, well, Morel is very approachable uh, as as like the way he writes. Like he, he wrote he, Rambo. He, yeah, no, no, he pulls you in with his books. Definitely. Like, I'm not a big like espionage person. Like, I never got into reading like Tom Clancy and Clive Cussler and stuff. But Morel wrote some really good espionage books 
that I really love, like The Brotherhood of the Rose and The Fraternity of the Stone and The, the Fifth Profession. These are great books. They're really, really good, even if you're not into that genre. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the guy. I think he, he, I think he does great stuff. And all very collectible, by the way. Because very collectible. collectible. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But I am enjoying that book, so I'll probably read some other of his stuff. But uh, I was like, good, in the front, good. came out in 1979, year of my birth. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, but he also, be. it's like First Blood, Brambo 3. Like he wrote all those books. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we talked we about did. that. We did. So, we did. That's the other show. Do you want to, did you have, um, I mean, I don't want to, cut you off or anything well, but you I do, to, uh, do I you have to talk have, about the crown jewel of your collection yes. yet i was going to get to that okay. and then we'll get into our next okay. subject okay um the crown jewel crown jewel and this is my collection of married for married children is i have a football signed by ed o'neill this is signed by him and he write he wrote his name and then he also wrote al bundy number number 33 on the football I have it in a glass case, and it's um, certified authentic by. I, oh shit! I should have Beckett, probably. By what? Beckett. It's one of those places. It's one of those big places that does sports memorabilia, where like yeah. they get like the actual certification and everything, so you know it's legit. Uh, the very reputable, you know, uh, company that puts out tons of sports memorabilia. Um, so yeah, I bought this this fucking thing. I couldn't resist it. And I've got it on my mantle because <laughs> I love it so much. But I wanted to say this, and you're all hearing this live on the air. In fact, John Wayne is hearing it for the first time. This right here, if you can see, this is my will. This is my actual fucking will. Your last will and testament. My last will and testament. In this last will and testament, it says that upon my death, my Al Bundy football goes to John Wayne Communale. What? Seriously? <laughs> I'm serious. Oh in my fact, god, dude. In fact, you get all of my Mallory children stuff. I I gotta get a will going too, man. Right? That's right? amazing. Did you use illegalzoom.com? Uh I don't remember. <laughs> I, I used <laughs> some legal thing online. But no, I, I made up a will uh because I wanted these things that I have. Speaking of being a collector, I wanted certain things that I have to go to certain people. Uh, oh and God. I know no one, no one else I know appreciates married children as much as me, uh, than, than you. And so thank you. Something thank happens you. to me. You get the ball, you get the, the Applegate poster, you get the figures. Oh my God. The Applegate poster. You, you get it all. Be good to uh, it. I know I you will. I know you'll cherish it. So I'll add a wing onto my house. Just to put these things in. <laughs> this the is Bundy my promise wing. to you. The Bundy Wing. <laughs> Don't call uh, it the Triana sponsored Wing. Sponsored by Christopher call it the Triana. Bundy <laughs> the Bundy Wing. I will have a, a, a bust of you, though. As Al Bundy, of course. Holding uh, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like to the, the well, I'll get a bust of us made of that picture of us. Where <laughs> right, we're... right. <laughs> That's but awesome. Yeah, dude. That's it's, it's, um, it's, all, it's, it's yours. It's yours when I die. So if I... If I'm mysteriously shot tomorrow, you'll know who to, who was to blame. <laughs> oh me! Uh, ha, 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 ha. Okay, well, I am next door tonight. Um, no, I am gonna go stay in a hotel this weekend for like a, a writing retreat to myself, or also to get my wife gets me out of the house for a weekend. Right, right. Saves your marriage. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
so I'll be broadcasting from there. With you. Very nice. I'm a very nice. Shit. But um, well, we were talking about this before the show. I'm um, I'm having shoulder surgery soon enough, so yeah. soon I'll be I'll be doing the show whacked out on on goofballs, yeah. on painkillers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be interesting too. Um, but that's a couple of weeks away. Uh, but mark your calendars. Mark your calendars, Chris on painkillers. Put out your colanders to dry yes. to drain your. Uh, and uh, you know what? I'll have a cone on, much like little Lulu, in solidarity. Solidarity as well. That's right. Well, I mean, so so this should this move us on to our next uh, speaking I think of solidarity? So. We, you know, once we get to the football, I mean, you can't be you can't be you can't beat that as far as collectability. No. You know, uh, so. That, of course, is from Married with Children, uh, and Married with Children was something that was very dear to both of us, uh, and we wanted to talk a little bit about not just that show, but about how uh, the shows that we grew up with and how television has changed a little bit. So, without further ado, our next topic is... One, two, three, four! Sitcoms! Sitcoms. Oh, those wonderful comedic sit-down shows that you watch. Situation comedy. That's where Some the would term, call it that, yes. That's where the term actually comes from. Well, if you go back deep enough, you'll see that. You'll see that that's where it comes from, that I'm right. Yes, situation actually, comedy, sitcom. Sit comedy. No, not sit-down comedy. Sit situation. down and watch the situation comedy, yes. That's I'm going to smack you in the mouth with my dick. Well, Situation comedy. That's where it comes from. Uh, see, you, you just make shit up and, and, like, think it's funny. I actually bring facts to this show, like, actual true things, information that our listeners can use, where you're I just slinging that. bullshit and throwing it over the, all over the walls. Like it's a, very like a, funny. Yeah. It's very funny to me. Yeah, I know. It's chaos. Again, this show is canceled. I'm, I'm walking off. Why? <laughs> I ain't finished. I'm out of here. No, that's all I had to say. It's a it's situation comedy is what, mm-hmm. what it was named after. Um, and we we're going to talk today about uh, sitcoms and what they were uh, as opposed to what they are, because they're not what they used to be, uh, if they exist at all. Um, TV and entertainment has changed so much and comedies have changed so much, uh, and particularly now with uh, Netflix and other streaming sites and people being more into like the cliffhanger type shows. Um, situation comedies have kind of changed or disappeared entirely. So, uh, anyway, there are some sitcoms that I grew up with that you grew up with as well. Uh, and some of them that really mean a lot to me, uh, and taught me how to love again. Uh, <laughs> and just, <laughs> this, yeah. but no, no, just shows that meant a lot to me. And, uh, the characters are, are almost like family. Now I haven't talked about it much on my show, but, uh, uh, on the show, but my family was kind of dysfunctional, uh, very dysfunctional, actually. And so I found some kind of solace in uh, extended family, uh, which was virtual and through television, which, of course, isn't real. But that's just how sad and pathetic my life was. And I really do still feel kind of like a connection to them. Like, for example, we're both big Simpsons fans. We love the Simpsons. Yes. Uh, for me, Sometimes I'll put on The Simpsons just because it makes me feel like home. It, it's kind of like a comfort thing. It's not mm-hmm. just that I think it's funny and I love the show, but it uh, it, it it comforts me and, and, and makes me happy in a different way 
because uh, I remember growing up, and uh, I think I spent more time with The Simpsons than I did my own parents. You know? Yeah. So, no, I, absolutely, I, I feel the same way. Like those are like like we were talking about earlier in the last segment, just putting on things as a comfort. Right. Um, uh, but this comfort was, I, was deeper than deeper than that. Like this, it is deeper. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's all a part of that kind of where right. I'm. I'm not just putting on. You know, neither of us are just putting on like what the fuck ever in the background. It's right. got to be something that we connect to. And I was yeah, telling Katie that like I'm. I'm not interested in watching anything new right now. I just right. want to watch. But there my, are some things that you just love, you know, because they're funny or they're great or whatever. Yeah. But like, but then there are other things that. Uh, that go way back to like you're growing up and stuff. And, um, and it's not just nostalgia. It's not just like, I'll remember when, like for me, the Simpsons is, uh, something that always brought me comfort my whole life. Like from the time I was 12 years old, I was watching the show and kind of escaping into that just makes me feel, I don't know. I don't want to say safe or anything, but like, it just makes me feel, uh, better. It makes me feel. It makes. It gives me a feeling of home that I've never had my entire life. Like I don't identify any place I ever lived as home. I don't think. Like I don't have a place to return to. Like my parents' house. My parents are dead and it's gone. Like I don't have a place to go back to that's called home. There's no concept of home in my mind. But The Simpsons make me feel at home, and that's yeah. why I can never let the show go at all. Yeah. It's you a know? touchstone, like for, to uh, as in a sense, right? Like, you know, it's, it is a defining thing. It's more than just a show. Uh, it is. It brought me you. so much joy. People, and and yeah, exactly. And that's what married to children in the same way, almost. Same right. Way. Oh no, totally, totally. Like, <clears throat> for me, both of those shows are very, very much responsible for the beginning of breaking my brain into like mm -hmm. seeing things like. Oh wait, like satire and right, right. you know all this stuff, and it it, yeah. it really does shape you. Like those it things does. do it shape molds, you uh, as an artist you. and a person yeah. for sure. It molds um, your sense of humor, even like like yeah, like as a person, even more so than just being artist. It, it molds your sense of humor, uh, and it's very important uh, uh, to, to have that kind of sense of humor and be able to be funny in social situations and to be able to be. A, to pick up girls like that's a big thing is like a guy who has a sense of humor that wins over the girl you know and so having stuff like that to kind of shape our young minds was uh very beneficial particularly with someone like me who didn't really have a uh a, a male figure in my life who kind of like taught me those things you know uh so i have this connection to those shows um on, on a deeper level than just being someone like, oh, the show's funny and I like it, yeah. you know? No, absolutely. I absolutely know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, those, uh, you know, I, I had, I, I've talked about this before where I had some weird connection to, to stuff like that where I, I couldn't differentiate reality from television sometimes. Uh -huh. um, where I was like, well, that's the marijuana poisoning. Real? I was not even marijuana poisoned <laughs> back then. I was just plain stupid. I was just plum dumb. Back then I was like, is this real? Uh, uh -huh. I, uh, you know, but, but it did, but I, I don't know. I can pinpoint these areas where they affected the way that I think. And then I create now. And, and these are things that did that. These sitcoms, 
these sit these sit down situation comedies that I would watch situation sitting down. Um, you know, uh, especially there's ones that w- things that flew way under the radar that Harmon's head. Just, you just don't. <laughs> no, I don't know that you're just like. I'm just throwing shit out. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't know things that just like you wouldn't think would have a, a leave an impression, but they do. You right. Know, no. Totally. Way. Totally. Um, what, so outside of those, like, what what else do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, The Simpsons are definitely definitely a sitcom in a sense, uh, but I think animated shows were a whole different animal, um, and those really came into pre- uh, into. Um, into their own uh, because of the Simpsons. Like without the Simpsons, we wouldn't have any of the shows we have now, like family guy, American dad, etc. Um, the credit. Uh, yeah. But, but the Simpsons started all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, but then like that became a thing in the nineties with the critic and King of the Hill, uh, and Futurama shows like that South park. Uh, but Simpsons started all of that. But, what we're, but, but I think sit, when I think of sitcoms, I don't think of animated shows. I think of okay. like, comedies that star real actors in front of a live studio audience, you know, and there are a handful of these shows that I've seen every episode multiple times, uh, because I so liked the characters and I so identified with them or, or whatever it was. And the thing that I really like about sitcom is they're very dialogue based. And as a writer, I appreciate good dialogue when it's written well, you know, because dialogue isn't always the easiest to make characters so defined that the things they say have their, <laughs> like fit their personalities in particular. Um, and I think certain shows did that very well. Now you take I, a show, you take a show like All in the Family, uh, I, I, yeah. and I and I absolutely love All in the Family, and that was a show I grew to love later in life. You know, because one of my favorites. Was, yeah, but like we were infants or not even born yet when that show was on. And but so, I did watch reruns like as a young right. child. I watched it with, like with my right, parents. Right, right. No, totally, totally. But yeah. I'm saying when it was on, like yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, like it was almost over by the time you know we were born. Uh, so, but yeah, like we you know we grew up watching reruns or whatever it was, and uh, like that show, I think is particularly brilliant for a lot of different reasons. But just to start with, I'll say that it's brilliant because. You had a show where most of the early episodes, it all took place in a living room. That was the whole show. They didn't go anywhere else. It was all in the living room, so it was all dialogue. It was these these actors with this dialogue bouncing off of each other, and they made this really powerful, uh, really funny show uh, that was also very topical and very socially aware. Uh, and it was and like that, and they made it entertaining. It's almost like watching a play, you know. I- yeah, if I can interject, like that's exactly what it was. Like we yeah. both, we talked about, you know, you and I both have a theater background. We know what it's like to be on stage and do a play. Mm-hmm. And All in the Family was a play. They did two performances of each episode, right? Uh, in a the on stage, just like boom, one and like straight through, like a fucking play, right? Right. And that's how they fucking did it. And yeah. and there's an energy that happens there. Yep. That is like uh you can't you can't yeah. you can't fabricate that yeah yeah and you can't it, recreate it, it. yeah you yeah, cannot yeah. recreate it with a laugh track or time whatever you want to fucking do there's something that exists within that exchange of energy between a live performer and an right. audience that's reacting right. at that right. same time yep. that is just not 
that, that we don't they don't make things like that right they now. They don't. They don't make and it. And they, they haven't for like a while. For a long and, time. Yeah. And, and it's almost like sitcoms now, like we're I was going to say, like we've changed to this kind of talking head documentary style mm-hmm. and that's the except like the office and stuff way of yeah. sitcom yeah. right yeah. and those th- those are funny inventive ways of doing things but like way. everything yes. has yes. become that but right. not lost this we've lost right. this we have lost it and you're right because you know and there's other shows like that are incredibly funny like uh it's always sunny is a very funny show yes. yep. but they aren't in front of a live audience you don't get like the laughter and everything and it loses something in that because like uh, shows that like have constant edits and cutaways and things like that. It's not the same as watching a performance and like the camera just follows the actors back and forth and just stays on them. You know, yeah. that's There's a no live problem. performance. And like you said, the audience laughing and reacting, uh, that's a whole different universe. The very famous episode uh, Mar- of, um, I'm sorry, uh, all in the family where uh, Sammy Davis jr. Comes to the house. Yeah. Uh, there's that, that fame, very famous scene uh, where at the end of the episode, uh, they go to take a picture together and, and Sammy kisses Archie on the cheek and the audience explodes yeah. with laughter. And to this day, that's it the is- longest sustained laughter of an audience on a TV show ever. It, like it goes on for so long because the audience lost their fucking minds laughing at that scene. Didn't he improv that too? Didn't he just like turn and kiss him? No, 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 no. I think uh, that was definitely part of it. That was definitely included. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because because Carol O'Connor's reaction is not a Carol O'Connor reaction. It's an Archie reaction. You know, Uh, Carol Carol (laughs) O'Connor. Carol O'Connor was a very open-minded guy. He was. He was not prejudiced. He was not racist. Oh no, dude. Uh, and so the reaction you see on his face is very much an Archie reaction, where he's like, "Oh my God, I'm being cl- kissed by a black man." Uh, you know, at, the, at you know, for that character, it was inconceivable. You know, uh, and I love that show too because so many people now, like, you could never have that show now. Uh, people are are way too sensitive, and they would be too um, there would be too much of an uproar about the racist content. Now, while that is warranted, while Archie is a bigot. The thing that people don't seem to grasp is, and I used to struggle with this with other people in my life, um, where like, yes, Archie's a bigot, but he's not, for one thing, he's not a hateful bigot. He's just an ignorant bigot. He's uneducated. Right, right. He grew up with that. He grew up around that, you know? And that's a mirror that they were holding up to. Exactly. The show was holding. Yeah, exactly. The show is holding up a mirror to that. Uh, And the other thing is Archie is always presented as wrong in those opinions. He's always presented as like behind the times and and stupid when it comes to those opinions. And better still, the show over the course of time, you show Archie become slowly get out of that like you you like not completely but it's very gradual where he's like you know like eventually he takes in his niece who is actually jewish and uh you know when you get into the later stuff like archie bunker's place the spinoff and everything the, he has a jewish bar partner and, yeah. and everything and like <laughs> he slowly starts to accept people more for who they are and come out of his uh not not completely but come out of his like racist beliefs to the point where there's an episode of Archie Bunker's place where he has a black housemaid and um, this guy calls her the N word and Archie punches him in the stomach. You know, it's like 
people like that's one of the things I love about that whole series is like you get to see someone realize the error of his ways and change over time, even though he's not making a conscious effort to do so. He's not like, oh, I'm a racist. I need to change. He's just doing it bit by bit by bit uh, because like he, he starts to understand the difference without having not having it driven into his head. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's showing growth. Mm-hmm. Not like a one note fart sound character that you have right. maybe today where there isn't it's just a <clears throat> the laugh. Let's put yeah. the laugh here. You know, it's not and it's not Arch- an overnight chain. It's <clears throat> not an overnight change. It's a gradual process, just like it is with real people. And you know? and it always reflected the times like you were seeing somebody totally. actually grow and change in like a way that you could relate to. Right. At right. that time, I would say. Right. Um, you know, and it, and you will never have a show like that. We could never, never have it. They never. would burn the theater down. They would. Uh, they would. People are too sensitive when it comes to these things. Like, you can't talk about these topics without people acting as if you're pro that thing. You know, it's like, why can't we... Why can't we discuss racism and homophobia and things like that in the arts, you know, and get them out there in the arts without it being immediately portrayed as promoting it it's like like what what are you talking about no like you know and, and i've run into this in, in including in some of my own works where people were like oh well this is misogynist or oh this is racist and i'm like well no the characters are the characters in the book are racist yeah. or misogynist you know there's a difference there and if we're not exploring these things we're not being true to life and if we're just like ignoring it so we don't trigger anyone and we don't upset anyone then how are we ever addressing it we never are i have two things to say on that one uh i actually have a vinyl record uh that's an all in the family record that the first track is the the theme song and then the whole rest of the record is it's just scene, scenes Scenes from different shows. I know. I have. I have. You have one of those. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. So I have one of those. Those were gifts uh, by my buddy Greg. Shouts out, Greg. Shouts out, Greg. Cubs suck. Um. So also. <laughs> but he got uh, me those. He got me those records. Even though uh, I don't yeah. have a record player, because he loves vinyl so much, he gives people records Dude, for gifts. They're awesome. No, they don't have record players. They're 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 very cool. They're very cool to listen to. <laughs> but also, like, okay, so, um, did you, I'm sure you know, like how. NBC, like they did, they did these shot for shot, like read uh-huh. recreations of yeah, some of the Woody episodes. Harrelson. With Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you ever watch any of those? Nah, nah. I did. They were good. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. they were. Like, no, I, they I, were I, exactly the episodes. That's what I heard. They, I heard they did them like exactly shot mm. for shot, word for word, and that's great. And nothing. It's not the same. Actors. It's not the same, but I like to think maybe like some people that never maybe it's a bridge to get right, some right. people. Right, uh, right. Then I appreciate maybe. that. No, right. absolutely. Some people may have saw it and said, "Wow, I need to check this out." I, I think that's absolutely true, and I agree with you there. Uh, I never checked them out. Well, for one thing, I don't have uh, cable or anything, so I, d- I don't watch anything that's like major cable. I don't, I don't either. I found it like just it was. Oh, dude, it was on at KillerCon last year. Remember, oh, I got yeah? locked out of my room and shit, and all that crazy shit happened. Never, never mind. That was another story. But when I finally got into my room, uh, yeah, it was on. It was oh, like okay. thirty in the morning, and I watched like one of the episodes there. And then Nick P uh, gave me some access to watch some other ones. He just right. shouts out. You can just email me, and I'll give his passcode out. Right, right, right. Yes. Those as well. So, um, 
No, I never watched them. Uh, nothing against those actors or anything like that. Um, but uh, certain actors are certain characters for me. No one can. Re- no one else can be Archie Bunker. No I, one else can I, be Edith Bunker. Uh, no. no one. No one else can be Rocky or the Terminator. It's like it has to be those people. And I have no interest in seeing it uh, be done by anybody else. You know, it's like it's like listening to someone do karaoke. You know, uh, so it's it's Very not for cool. me. It's not for uh, me. I understand, but I I do I would I would challenge you to maybe watch like one episode just to see because no. they do really pay tribute to. I'm sure they do. No, oh, for everything okay. I read, they pay tribute, and I love that they did it word for word. And I think it's very striking that like the issues that are discussed in those episodes, because those episodes were very socially impactful. Yeah, uh, that, that a lot of those issues are still relevant today. Um, yeah, which which says a lot because that was 40 years ago, and like we've we've made so little progress in this country. Um, but uh, but no, I, I I appreciate it for what it is, but I don't need it. Uh, I, you don't I don't even want to see it. I don't, you don't want to be in your head. That's no, fine. I just don't. Like, I just, I just don't see any need for it. I, I do see any for it, like you said, for people who weren't familiar and that like maybe introduce them, whatever, or for people that like enjoy the throwback. But like me, I know like these episodes by heart. You know, like I've seen them so many times, and I just don't feel the need for it personally. So, but it Not was that. funny that when they when this came out, and I wasn't the only one who thought this. Like when it was like Woody Harrelson is going to be Archie and uh, Marissa Tomei is going to be Edith. And I was just like, well, they're like kind of like young, aren't they? But it turned out that they were actually older than yeah, they were than, when they and, played and Carol O'Connor roles. and excuse me, and Gene Siplin were when they first played the roles. It's just like people in Hollywood look different now. Like everyone's like looks eternally young in on Hollywood, you know? Yeah. And, and so, Marissa uh, Tomei, I mean. Oh my God, she'll be. She smoking can do no her. wrong. I no, mean, she'll be smoking till the day she dies. Yeah. In the wrestler, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. And in Seinfeld. Also, and my cousin Vinny. Well, she won the Oscar. Yeah, that goes without saying. But mm-hmm. yeah, it. Um, I, I get, lost. I get what I get what you're <laughs> saying. No, no, no. I know I'm not lost. I get what you're saying about not wanting, but I there is something like they really. I don't know, man. It's something like watching a tribute band. Mm-hmm. Like they're lame. Yeah, we know. Sorry, everyone that I know that's in a tribute band. Uh, you're I'm not, not like, sorry, but it's like sometimes it just provides something. But I think especially for this show, right, because there's a lot of people who have never seen this show, but right. have have a preconceived notion about what what it is because right, right. of what surrounds it. And therefore, they're not going to watch it. Right. right. They're not going to give it anything like people to this day think like Archie Bunker was a, a racist character that was right. propagating racism on TV. Right, right, which is right? not the case. Yeah. Which was not, because they have not watched it, right? Right, right. But, like, it is cool to it, to know that it's being remade in a modern, this time. No, not I remade. Not remade. Just, like, re, like it is a shot for shot. They're still in the 70s. Like, they are in the clothes, everything. Right, sure. If yeah. it bridges that gap, because people are like, that don't like it may be like, why are they remaking this now? This is so right. ignorant. And then right, they right, could... right. and then they see it and they say that it's not the case. Yeah. Um, no, that's definitely true. And I appreciate that they did it. It's just me, me personally, I don't feel any need to watch it. Um, if Woody if, Harrelson, like, don't you? What? You hate Woody Harrelson, don't you? You have oh, a with the flaming passion. passion. No, no, of course I don't. Passion. Um, 
No, I, I don't. But uh, I thought he was a weird choice uh, to be to be Archie. Uh, but yeah, uh, really does a good job. Well, well, good. But again, it's just it's just not something that uh, that I really am interested in. It's like if someone else played Al Bundy. Like I don't want to see it. I don't like, want to see. Don't even say that. Well, that's how I feel about Archie. No one else should play Archie. I feel the same way. Archie is Carol O'Connor. Like no one else could be Archie but him. Anything else, it's like it would just it would just feel weak to me. It would just feel like someone sing karaoke. What do you think about Ed O'Neill and that other show that he's in, House with uh, a Oh, uh, Modern Family. That's one of those shows. That's one of those cut to the Talking Head shows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I, I I liked it at first, but I quickly lost interest because they were. Like, they're supposed to be, like, quote-unquote modern family, but they're all really well off. Like, they all have a lot of money, and, like, their their problems were, like, oh, man, I don't have the newest uh, iPod Nano. And, like, it was just, like, this really trivial shit. It was, like, rich people problems, the whole thing. Uh, and they all became, like, really insufferable because they were all, like, really shitty and trivial. And, um, you know, when it came to, like, their 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 problems and their issues which were like total non-issues it's like i was like other people have like real problems in this country and you're supposed to be the modern family and you're like bitching because oh like my dad embarrassed me because i had an outdated macbook you know it's like get the fuck out of here you know well i mean you're absolutely right first of all i also want to say like ipod nano i mean get with it right Right. well this was at the also like this no i mean no no don't stick up for them don't stick I'm up not for sticking that. up for them. I'm just saying iPod Nano, you guys are time. lame. All right, those sitcoms. But yeah, it is. It is not. I tried to watch that show uh, and and tried to want to like it because Ed O'Neill was in it. Right. But I it just it did, had no resonating. Nothing. Back, yeah, nothing yeah. resonated with me about that show. What right. whatsoever. Nothing would make me want to go back and watch watch it again or no, even try to no, watch. Not it. At all. I, no. I watched like sporadic episodes. To try to get into it. And I'm like, but that was like the biggest show on TV for It was a, a big deal. People loved it. It yeah. just ended yeah. recently. Right. You know, and that was one of the biggest shows on TV. And I can probably say I've watched like 10 episodes of it right. and right. care to watch another one. Right. What yeah. does that say? Is that say we're old? Does that say we're old man yelling at cloud? It just or... wasn't. It just wasn't funny and it wasn't relatable to me. And uh, again, I really just like I really didn't like how it was called Modern Family. And it came out during a time when like like the big recession of like 2008 was happening and people were losing their homes and shit. And there's like, this is modern family. And they all lived in these fucking beautiful mansions and had new cars and stuff. I was like, no, this is modern rich family. Like whoever made this show and the people made her totally disassociated from American society and the troubles of American people. And it was really obnoxious to me uh, because of that. So, well, what uh, other, I mean, we've, so, so we've talked heavily about, the greatest sitcoms ever. The greatest sitcoms. Any what? Else? I mean, I'm trying to think what. There else. are others. There are others. Like yes. that. Like that I would 90s, religiously watch all the time. The, the 80s and 90s were like the era of the sitcom. Really, they were. Uh, You're right. But the 80s were very light. You know, like which is funny because All in the Family was was hardcore. Uh, and that was the 70s, and that shit, they, they were ruthless. They just, they went after social issues and stuff, uh, vital social issues and stuff, you might say. That's right. So, uh, they went after it, right? They really right. did. Uh, and then, like, in the, and, and by the way, just before we move on, I will say that All in the Family was not only funny, but it was deeply moving. Uh, there was, there... Oh, absolutely. There's like, gut-wrenching fucking episodes. Yeah, intense episodes, like, uh, like, 
I was more moved by some of those episodes than I've been by most movies. Like that's one of the few shows that like actually made me tear up uh, in certain ones. So anyway, that show brings it and then you get to the eighties and everything is kind of like sugar-coated and softened, you know, with, with shows like family ties and the Cosby show and stuff where everything is just like very, uh, lighthearted and soft and there's nothing edgy about them. And it's just like family and, uh, and we're family and like, haha, we all make little fam- jokes, very family focused. I would say they're mostly. totally family focused. And like, they're really soft and limp dicked. Uh, they're, they're not, you know, growing pains and shows like that. There's nothing edgy or funny about them. It's just like this really light, like old people funny, you know, it's just like Billy left out the peanut butter again. It's like these really corny, like not at all funny scenarios, you know? And and then you bring us to Mr. Belvedere (laughs) where you have many, many social commentaries there and you have Bob Euchre. So edgy, Mr. Belvedere. (laughs) Mr. Belvedere, dude. That and the facts of life, man. They were just, they were hardcore. Hell yeah, dude. And I watched those, both of those shows. But also, like you said, Family Ties. I watched it all the time. That was where my love affair for Michael J. Fox started, probably. I thought you were going to say Meredith Baxter Bernie, but, uh, you know, like that would be a very one sided relationship. Uh, Yep. but, but but, But those shows were fucking lame, dude. They're fucking lame. Uh, I watched them too. They are, but back then. But they're lame, dude. They're, yeah, they no. are lame. They're lame. I'm not saying they're not. No, they have just not saying... aged well. They, I... they, they, they brought nothing to the table. They, they, they gave us nothing. They were just empty entertainment. Um, but then when the 90s rolled in, you know, we had, of course, Married with Children, which was presented as the antithesis of that. It was the antithesis of. Family Ties and the Cosby Show and the whole happy family bullshit. It was the the first show that was like, you know what? This is a lie. This is not how American families are. Exactly. A lot of American families it, are it fucked up. Exactly. It was. Hold on. Once I have to let these dogs out of this room. They're Ooh, oh. let the dogs out. I couldn't resist. Sorry. Uh, Serby's like, I don't know if you can hear him, but he's doing. It's like. What? That Who Let's the Dogs Out is like the worst song ever until you hear Black Hole Sun. Fuck you, man. God. <laughs> Get out of here. Come on. Yeah, but I I agree. There was a cookie cutter sitcom thing that happened for quite a while in there. And then you right. had you had these things like Married with well, Children and Break well, It Apart. Well, well, Married with Children, um, when it was originally conceived... Uh, by Ron Levitt and Michael J. Moy, um, it, it was called "Not the Cosby's," and that was deliberately <laughs> that was deliberately what they wanted to do. They wanted to have a show that was the antithesis of the Cosby Show, where it wasn't all touchy feely and it wasn't the perfect family, uh, and the family was not well off; that they were poor and uh, and their lives sucked, you know. And that, so. and that resonated with a lot of people, including me, who was in a dis- poor, dysfunctional family. It really resonated, and it was more relatable. The Cosbys were, like, insulting in, in a lot of ways. I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, this isn't what family life is like. At least it wasn't for me. It should have been, but it wasn't. None, uh, of the, none of the shows I felt portrayed a real family life. No, it was all idealistic. Yeah, yeah very idealistic. Yeah, yeah, the, like, very fairy tale, so. like disgustingly very, so. To where you all, to where you would look and be like, "What's wrong with me?" 
right. because right. this. Like, that's all you would see. That's all with, right. you yeah. would see. Right. But Until Mary with, with Children comes and you're like, that's why my brain got broken. Because I was like, what? Right. Right. This is... Well, Married with Children took it too far. And, and that's a good thing. It was funny because of that. But it was like a super exaggerated version of like the dysfunctional family. It was right, like, but it needed to be there. that. So it, it was wouldn't... meant to be that. It was yeah. an exaggeration on it. And that's what made it so funny. Exactly. But after that, probably because of that, there were shows that managed to have like a dysfunctional family that was a little more down to earth. Like, for example, Roseanne. That was a perfect example. Like that yeah. was that more was a grounded, very down, that was a very down to earth show uh, that was way more relatable for working class families than yeah. all these other ones we talked about. Yeah, I was going to say like also both both shows take place in Chicago, uh, but you know, Married with Children exists in a magical realism type yeah. of realm because. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that happen. Like, you know, it's I, lo I love the fact that, like, anytime, like, Al, like, falls off the roof, it's, like, this obvious dummy that they, like, show, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, he falls right. off the roof. Like, Bud gets thrown in so many episodes where yeah, he's he just a dummy. Yeah, yeah. Like, those things are well, the Al parts, meets, the Al magical. aliens and stuff. Yeah, it, like, it, it, no, it's, it's, more, it's more farcical. It, it is. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Roseanne but, was real. That was Roseanne was very real, like for the no, first no, it's sad, no like magical realism. No, like not until like the last two seasons, which oh, were yeah, a throwaway. Yeah. Uh, right. But no, no, like the show was the show was really down to earth and really good. Um, I really loved that show, and uh, I really got into it through reruns because uh, I was never, you know, because I was young and I was never into like the whole okay every Tuesday night I've got to be here at eight. Fuck that. I was a teenager. I had other shit to do. You know, like I had to get high and bang whores, you know? You didn't watch TGIF? Like... No, dude. I didn't give a shit about any of that. I didn't care oh, about me. a date with Urkel. I cared to, I cared about a date with the blonde down the street, you know? Me either. Uh, so um, I watched Roseanne in reruns. I watched it at like five in the afternoon on, on reruns, you know? And I really, really grew to love that show a lot. And to this day, I really love that show. Uh, and I watched The Connors, which is the continuation of it. Um, because I just, I just love the throwback of it, you know? How is the Connors? I haven't watched any of that. I, I, I like it a lot. I like it really? a lot. I really do. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's just like the old show. It's a continuation of it. And you're getting to see the same characters that you love. Who uh, writes on that show still? Do you know? Who writes it? I don't know all the names of the writers, oh, but, okay. but, uh, I know, but no, I know several of the writers left after Roseanne, they killed Roseanne off. And change well, they kind of had to because Roseanne Barr is such a horrible person in real life uh, that they had no choice but to jettison her because the show was canceled because she said all those racist things about Michelle right. Obama. And so they had to they, they ditched the show. And it's like, well, all these other people worked really hard on this show. No, I, I know that. And, That's why I was wondering who right. was writing it. Yeah. I don't know all the names of the writers, but right. I know that the show has held up well for me. I've enjoyed it. I like seeing what the Connors are doing. Uh, is it still on right now? It is. It's still on. Yeah. Really? It's very successful. Yeah. I uh, I watch it on Hulu. Um, uh, so um, I have yeah. not watched a serialized show uh, that is new mm -hmm. since The Boys. I watched The Boys. It's an Amazon show that's about a comic book. Mm. That's the only serialized show I've watched in probably like years that's new. Yeah. It's not well, a comic I mean, book. I, it, 
this is like one of those things where it's like it's a comedy and it's familiar. So I can like just sit and watch it and have a laugh and I'm done. You know, it's not like a big investment like a lot of these shows where it's like an ongoing mystery or like some of these Netflix shows where you get wrapped up in this whole story and it's cliffhanger after cliffhanger or whatever. Uh, this is just it's just a, it's just like the old show. It's just a sitcom where you can sit back and for like half an hour you can laugh and you're done. And I really appreciate that. You know, and I think no, I think that this thing kind of that we're talking about with sitcoms um, is. Uh, uh, so so God, I'm trying to word this right it's something that will not ever be they they don't even approach sitcoms in the same way or mm-hmm. creating them in the same way um, as that and I don't know if there's something I mean I would hope I would love for there to be something that came out that just struck such a chord but it wouldn't struck, strike the same chord with us because we're older and uh, we're more jaded, I think. Um, and that's not to take away from the, the, the shows that we were talking about because they were all sensational. They were fucking great. But I'll give you an example. Like, okay. With Married with Children and with Roseanne, they both had teenage characters who were the same age as I was and relatively as you were. At the time when we were watching the shows. Right. I, well, I am 20 years younger than you as we've... Right, right. You are. But no, a few years makes a dull hell of a difference when you're a teenager. It doesn't I'm now. Two years younger than you. Yeah, but that, that makes a big difference in when you're a kid, when you're a teenager. Now it doesn't matter because we're old. But like... Not old. That, but that's like... You were 14 when I was 16. That's a big difference, you know? We still could have dated. Well, we, well, we did. It would have been weird. But, yeah, but... Um, uh, but... Uh, any anywho, like the, the the shows had these characters, uh, like Kelly and Bud in Married Children and Darlene and Becky in Roseanne, who were the same age as we were when we were watching the show. And the great thing about the, those shows is they weren't just backseat characters to the parents. They had their own stories. They had their own lives, and like you got to follow them as well. And so. I thought they were really reflected well, that they like reflected the generation, Generation X, and that they were, they were done exceedingly well. And I related to them a lot, uh, particularly Kelly, because I was a metalhead and everything, and uh, Darlene in Roseanne, because she was like into all the dark stuff in the comic books and horror. She was, you know, she was kind she of was goth. goth. She, she was goth, goth you know. Um, and so, like, huge crush on Darlene, huge crush on Kelly. Uh, not just like in a physical sense, but in like relating to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think that a lot of that stuff is lost now. I don't think that we have those kind of characters in modern entertainment for, for teenagers our age. No, absolutely not. They can't invest, they can't invest the time to develop those characters right now because it's got to be, it's a right. hit or it's not. You know, we don't have time to sit and wait to see like how this character develops it's got to be funny right now, or we got to. If it, if I'm you know, not, gonna, that, if I'm not sitting hey. down for this sit down situation comedy and laughing, then. Well, because because entertainment has changed so much, and younger generations they don't have the attention span because they've grown up with, with YouTube and Snapchat and stuff, and it's just like quick stuff. It's memes and stuff that are funny, and it's not, gathering humor from a whole like story, you know. And 
this may be an old man yells at cloud thing. It may be, but really, like you, you don't see these types of shows now, where it's like you've got the parents and you've got the teenagers, and they both have their own stories going on. Like the, the, these shows don't exist anymore. And That's one of the things that I appreciate, one of the things that I appreciate about the Connors, is it does try to do that with um, the kids, like Darlene's kids. Like one of them is is a trans uh, character. Uh, and you know, like an, an uh, DJ's daughter is um, uh, like he 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 has like a a daughter who's like half white, half black because his wife was black. So they try to like be more in with the times uh, and have these characters and kind of give them their own stories too, uh, which I appreciate. And they're actually interesting characters that I like a lot. So I might have uh, then. I no, you should that. you should check it out, dude. You should check it out. You know, as someone who who, who liked Roseanne, you should check it out. Uh, really, like Darlene has become the new focus of the show. She's the parent now, you know. Yeah. Do you, I mean, why why is it that these things aren't? It seems like now more than ever we could really use uh, some kind of thoughtful entertainment. Mm-hmm. And if you come, if you want to fucking comment and say this is us is something, go fuck you. That's a crybaby show for crybabies that everything mm-hmm. that happens makes you fucking cry. If, right. you, if you don't think that that show is not the exact same thing as a laugh tracked fucking uh, uh, what's that stupid ass fucking show with the nerds on it? Uh, oh, Big Bang Theory? Yeah, yeah. It's It's exactly that so fuck you don't i don't want to hear it this is my rant i don't want to hear you bring that fucking cry porn which is exactly what that show is to me about and say oh it's so fucking good no it's not it makes you cry fuck that shit it's Mm -hmm. bullshit it's the worst side of everything Mm -hmm. it's not saying anything about anything except everything sucks and we don't need you know we you want to watch that hey go jump off the fucking bridge with everybody else and then will your fucking football to me when you jump first. Thank you. Go anyway, get him, John Wayne. That's my Go rant. Hot takes. Fuck Hot takes people. Triana has <laughs> No, that show fucking sucks, man. I it, it it's all about getting a reaction in a pornographic fucking way. Yeah. It really fucking is. It you know, and it's it's not I don't know. I mean, I'll jerk off to it, but well, yeah. But, but no, I hear you, man. Like like a lot of these like I don't know. Like they, they, they seem very empty now, you know. And um, there's not the uh, there's not the rich character development that we had in some of the other shows. And some of these shows, like they had more time to develop them, you know. Like when they had like a ten year arc or something. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like we have um, we we have a very different idea of, of entertainment now. Uh, like I was saying before, because of Netflix and stuff like that, everyone wants these like cliffhanger shows. They want something where they can binge watch it, and the sitcom doesn't lend itself as well to that format. Uh, you know, uh, like their sitcoms don't have a cliffhanger to every episode. Right. The sitcoms are designed where you could watch one and not have to watch the next one in order exactly. to exactly. You could There's miss no, three or four episodes and still enjoy the next one. It, they, they can stand independently from as long as you. They, they do. Yeah. They, it's an independent story. You don't have to understand right. what right. happened before or after it. Exactly. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's gone. You know, yeah. it's cry porn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the the '90s was, I think, 
even though All in the Family is still probably the most innovative and, and like really gave birth to the great sitcom, uh, the 90s, I think, really continued it. There were a lot of great sitcoms uh, in the 90s. I really liked the Drew Carey show. Um, a, lot, a lot of people liked Seinfeld. I never got really into Seinfeld, but Seinfeld is, is huge. With I watched uh, I'm a Seinfeld head. I actually just watched the entire run recently. From yeah. start to finish, not yeah. like maybe a few weeks ago, I watched it all. I can appreciate uh, Seinfeld for what it is. Like, I appreciate, I can understand why people like it, uh, and I and I love that it was very different and that it was kind of the show about nothing, and it's just a group of friends and like their hijinks uh, and their neuroses. Mm -hmm. And I I respect that, but for whatever reason, I could never get into it. It's not that I think it sucks or it's bad. I don't. I just couldn't. It's not for you, dude. It's That's just okay. not for me. Exactly. It's not That's for fine. me. But I totally respect it and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Same thing with uh, with uh, friends. A lot of people were super no. no, 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 no. Those people are wrong. That is the whitest show ever. Uh, that's a white people show that we don't need to uh, it propagate is. A, that kind of it, behavior. It, 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 Oh, it let's all a, go it, meet at the Central Perk together and fucking. No, it, oh, what's Chandler well, gonna do? This is well. This is kind of the same thing that the same problem with Modern Family. Like you said, it's like it's a really white show. It's like a show about like white people and white their privilege. People. It's a white privilege fucking show. It really is. And I was never able to get into it because of that. It was like they're all well off and their problems are so. Uh, minute compared to like real people problems that I couldn't relate to them in any way. And but but a lot of people really liked that show and they really loved it. And so they were I, on a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I've, I've I never... watched it. I watched that show. I'm not going to say I didn't watch I did. it. When it was I when did. it was happening. I was watching it. Mm. But like it it wasn't like it was my favorite show or anything. It was just on right. So I knew the stories. But I have to give it up to Nick P. Shouts out. Uh, years and years ago was like man that's a really white show and i was like yeah. what do you mean and he broke it all down for me and i was like oh yeah fuck this show man <laughs> and it's a white people show for sure dude well so is modern family like that's exactly yeah. the thing it's a white people show and it's uh and to me it's it's very unrelatable because of that even though and i'm white white we're That's both white, crazy. yeah, like, yeah. There's no, I don't relate to that at all. Not at People all. On a break, why do they even say anything about it? Like none of this is real. None of this is reality. Uh, I don't know. It it just never worked for me. Um, but, but I will see even you at, at the, the time shop tomorrow, right? Yes. Yes. But no, even at the time when that show was super popular, I I really didn't like it, and I I, I don't think I've sat through a single full episode of that show because I just found it really irritating and um not just unrelatable but obnoxious you know do you think that's like your clockwork orange type hell where like you're, you're strapped down with your eyes op held no, open that's... to watch friends no it's it, it, not me clockwork orange hell is i have to sit with my eyes open and watch rob zombie movies oh fuck you <laughs> that's true god damn it uh, like I, that's I, my hell I, is having is being forced to watch rob zombies halloween like till the end of time that's my hell well, thank you. I went to uh, my, my wife's my wife's sister. My wife. My wife. Oh, it's it's still funny. Uh, I went to how like uh to Halloween. No, I went to Thanksgiving, and she was watching every Thanksgiving episode of Friends, like in a row at Thanksgiving dinner. I'm sorry. And, uh, I had to. I, I I slaughtered the family basically. So yes, I'm, yes. I'm on the lamb right now. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I I, I definitely like uh, ripped into her relentlessly about right. it. Uh, it that show, while it does strike, you know what? It strikes a chord with people, and I don't know, also don't understand like why is Golden Girls striking such a chord with people now? <laughs> it, it's 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 not. It's like people. It's like the people that it seems to be resonating with want to be old now. Like these, like they're trying to relate to their older, like how they would be. I don't understand it. I'm not watching it. You know. I mean, yeah, what? That, that's another show. Like, I never really, I, I, I never really got into it. But here's the thing. I appreciate that there was a show with a uh, where the main characters were old women. And that it managed to be a success and a hit. I think that's great. I, I watched so. it when it was on, mm-hmm. but right now, like it seems like it's had this renaissance in the last. No, year, you're right. Year, like yeah, where right. people, people are celebrated like, it. Yeah, it's yeah. like Golden Girls. Like well, my you know, mom. I, my I, mom. I, Shouts out, mom. My mom is like watches that. Like that. Her I and my sister. But think that's. But I think that's because of what I just said. I think because like, what other show can you name where the main characters were older women and it was a hit show like like they don't do that and i i really appreciate that about the golden girls and even though i don't watch the show like a lot i don't i don't you know don't own the dvds or anything like that i appreciate the golden girls because they were able to do that successfully same thing with something like married uh, or um uh, all in the family where you had like the main characters were in their 50s you don't have shows like that anymore everyone has to be young and sexy like even in the sitcoms you don't have characters that are over 40, especially not women. You do not have women that are older characters be the lead characters. So I think that's one of the reasons people champion the Golden Girls is because you had these women who were like in their 50s or older and they were the main characters. And I think that's great. I mean, I don't think it's not great, dude. No, I know. I mean, you I champion you that. Like, you hate old women. I, I hate old women. I mean, I'm <laughs> all about small wonder because I'm championing right. robot robot children. You um, love you love young girls, very young girls. Robot, Inf- robot girls. <laughs> uh, that was that show was crazy. Mm-hmm. Small wonder. Uh, that was a. But I really, dumb, think, see, I really shows, think that's that's behind the the love of Golden Girls. I really do. I it is. I wa- I mean, I'm not saying I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it, and it is great. Yes, it does have that. And everybody and those characters are are characters that mm-hmm. you can pinpoint on like i i get it i get it mm-hmm. but i i'm not i'm not gonna watch it right now. no i'm not it's not my favorite thing either um but i i think that's where i appreciate respect, it i don't i don't i'm not into it either but i think that's where the respect for it comes from and i thought it, and i've said this and thought about this many times with with all in the family where like you know, like you could never now have a show where the main characters were two people in their fifties. Like that, that would never fly. Like people wouldn't, like, like not people. People would probably watch it, but Netflix would never. Not Netflix. Um, networks would never push something like that. Like they, they won't get behind older people. You know, what like everyone has to be young and do? attractive and and sexy and you know all that bullshit. Like us, dude. So fuck yeah. those old people. We're <laughs> on top. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what's happening in this type of sitcom situation, but there's nothing that I'm really into sitting down to watch the situation 
and laugh about. Well, they it don't can't. have many of them. They don't have many of them to choose from. Like now, there's all different things. Like most of the comedy will be an animated show, or it'll be one of those Talking Head, Office, Modern Family type shows. Um, and then we have single camera. Is that what that's called? I or guess. Camera. I they'll, well, they'll do something like that. Uh, no, no live audience or anything like that. Um, and then, but then, like the other thing that really ruined it was reality TV. Oh God! And a lot of yeah, exactly. And a lot of people go to that for their laughs because they just they laugh at other people's misfortune. They're like, oh look, Ozzy Osbourne's a drug addict. How funny! Or or look, there's this celebrity who was he was in Greece and now he's a drug addict. And uh, how hilarious is that? Uh, you know, and and they'll watch this bullshit of like. Like people like uh, you know, like The Bachelor and shows like that. I don't even know what the fuck they have anymore. I've never been into reality shows. I think they're fucking trash. I think that they're the lowest common denominator form of entertainment, the most brain dead, knuckle dragging form of entertainment. I I think they're just absolute garbage, and I spit on it, and I spit on the people who watch that shit. All right. Well, we're definitely not going to get that Bravo. Uh... Endorsement. No, we're, we're not going to get the yeah, honey boo boo no, endorsement. But here's the thing, though. I feel I feel very strongly the same way about you uh, that you'd feel. And I even actually told my wife earlier today uh, that if I ever were to like like the my wife watches the housewives like relentlessly, like on repeat, like the house. I'm, I'm so I'm so sorry. Uh, I hear it in the background of everything that I do. Right. And I'm so, uh, so sorry. I told her today. I was like, you know what? If I'm ever out anywhere and I hear that guy Andy, like the there's the Andy dude that like does all the reunions, like every time it seems like I walk out, I don't know, there's guys like if I hear that voice, I'm gonna Manchurian candidate, like kill him and everybody. <laughs> fucking, like I'm serious, like I can't yeah. take it yeah. anymore. Not like it, it is it it, it is Right now, we do not need to be showcasing the lowest common denominator. Right, right. Uh, there's like, already there's already this celebration of ignorance. The, the re, yeah, why? Like the the last thing we need is for this to be a popular. And I don't buy the like. Well, it just lets me unplug, and I don't have to no, think that's about fucking anything. Horseshit, dude. That's fucking and horseshit. No, it's 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 a celebration of ignorance, like you said. It is. It, really, it, is. it bothers me because yeah. it perpetu it perpetuates that. Yep. And it's like, oh, BravoCon. They have BravoCon, dude, where all the housewives are there for you to meet. Like, oh that kind of God. shit. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what is this? It's you all... remember when Bravo used to be about, like, independent films and shit? You no. Know? No. It's no, back, way back. Way back. It's not You're back. a liar. I'm not, dude. I know. No, no. Yeah, I know. But, like, I... And I'm not... I also That's don't... That's what it used to like, be about. It used to be about the arts, and now now it's just about this reality TV trash. It was a total I, transformation. And I don't want to sound also like old man yells at cloud, but I really strongly feel like this is not the kind of thing that we need to be watching. No. Assuming on television. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Especially this stuff is right trash, dude. Now. I've, I've been saying it's trash for 20 fucking years, but especially right now, because, yeah, there is this celebration of ignorance. There is this whole anti-intellectualism with the current administration and with, uh, you know, like certain people of political sides where they're like, oh, fuck scientists. You know, I, I, I think that masks are a conspiracy. And, like, 
this kind of uh, like assholishness, the celebration of it, flat earthers and people like that. Like this all ties into it, dude. Like dancing with the stars and also another mindless fucking drivel shows like that. And just like celebrating people for being white trash on TV. Like it, it's despicable. It's fucking garbage. And if you watch it, you are perpetuating this shit. There are so many artists like ourselves and others who, who have good ideas and have original concepts that could make good shows. And instead we're watching dumbass crap like The Floor is Lava and, and Honey Boo Boo, the, the German edition where she like, goes to, to Germany and fights in the, in, the, in the Reich or whatever the fuck she's doing. You know, I don't, know. I don't it's, even it's know what that disgusting. is. And I, I don't even, I, and I don't. I'm even making want... half of that up. That's why. No, I, I wish that was true. But I also am not trying to say like, oh, I feel this way because my ideas aren't out there. No, no I'm not saying that saying. at all. I'm trying to say like, this is not what we need to be consuming now. The, this is the last thing. Right, it is. We that, need to be celebrating. Too. That's the exact same thing I was saying. I mean, this is... It, because there's such a celebration of ignorance, because there's such anti-intellectualism in the current culture, the last thing we need is this lowbrow, lowest common denominator, like laughing at people that we think are lesser than us as a form of entertainment. But they but they believe they're they're better than everyone. That's like the, the give and take. But that's like why people, people you're watching are like, yeah, exactly. But what that's why fuck? people laugh at. They're like, oh, these people think they're, they're so better than anybody, but I'm so better than them because they're such trash. And you watch them and it makes you it makes people feel better about themselves or something, you know, like to watch, you know, like these these people that are morbidly obese or these people that are just white trash and have eight wives or whatever the fuck it is. Just like stupid, obnoxious drivel, like just the most brain dead shit possible, you know? Uh, it's disgusting. I can't believe anyone watches it. I do not understand how anyone can enjoy it for a, a fucking second. I don't know how he's fallen so far. We have. This, so the, far. Like, uh, American culture is just fucking disintegrated, dude. And like, we need the wisdom of Roseanne and Married Children now more than ever. We need Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker for president 2020. I also think Archie Bunker should be the president. And I think we should resurrect Carol O'Connor from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, perform the Ch rituals, which Ch I have. Archie Bunker, yeah. Which I have. Okay, I have. I have connections. So we raise Carol O'Connor from the dead to much as, the, but, much but only to be Archie much, Bunker. Much the same way that you killed Wilford Brimley. Yeah, of course, I killed Wilford Brimley last I year. Know. I put the curse on him. I know. That's what I I'm saying. Him. One year much from today, you will die. Him. Yeah, exactly. You killed yeah. him, so you know now yep. the Netherworld owes you, and so yeah. you get Archie Bunker. Right, so we bring him back, but he, huh? as Carol O'Connor, but he is he, he he's he's just the Archie Bunker character. He is that character twenty four seven. Yeah, he's not yeah. Carol O'Connor anymore. No, he is fully bunkered. He is the personification. He does own a bar that I do give to him when I've raised yep. him. Archie Bunker, uh, but he doesn't. But he's not uh, like the one on. He's not there all the time. You know, he's just like pops in because then he is also immediately elected to be president of the United right. States. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as racist as Archie Bunker was, far less racist than Donald Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't even I, I would not even say that he was racist by the comparison at no, all. Not at all. Not at all. No. And again, he grew and learned not like not uh, not Donnie. Uh, 
different. No, not little no. Donnie Duck. No. Oh no. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a Trump supporter, go fuck yourself. Yeah, also okay? unsubscribe to us. Please. You're a fucking idiot. Like if okay. you cannot oh. see this con man for what he is, you're an idiot. I'm fine if you're a Republican and you're listening to this show. I'm fine with that. Be a Republican. There are certain things that I agree with with that side. But if you can't see a fucking con man like Donald Trump for what he is, get the fuck out of here. We don't need you. And we're definitely not getting that Republican uh, endorsement for the show, but we don't want it. No, we don't. We don't. We don't want it at all. Um, we don't need Ted Cruz's endorsement. Trump thanks. calls his wife ugly and calls his dad a fucking the Zodiac killer. And he still supports him? What a spineless fucking coward. Fuck that guy. Oh, Ted Cruz? He's awful. He is a Zodiac killer. Um, he is. He my, is. My, my wife has a t-shirt that has his face on it that says uh, Ted Cruz, the Zodiac killer. That's fucking... Uh, it's that's political fucking humor. Funny. I don't get it, but I don't either. apparently I don't it's very And funny. you know, like, we, we always said we weren't going to make this show political, so we're... we're but here we are. And so let's, let's back to... I don't know if it's... Not, I mean, I, I think if we just elect... Archie Bunker to rule not only oh, yeah. the yeah yeah not only America but maybe the world. We could all learn to we could to all learn to again. laugh again to love again. <laughs> <laughs> Much like la- sitcoms was trying to teach us to love again and yeah. to laugh again. No, you're right. I yeah. would I like Archie exactly. Bunker 2020. Absolutely, babe. No, you know it. You know it. Do you remember that episode where Edith went to the like? And and fucking and Seinfeld parodied this, where they they took where Edith goes to like the dentist or the doctor and it's like porn mags are in his yeah 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 and and he's like no they're at the hospital she tells Archie and and they're at the hospital because our uh, Gloria is giving birth yeah and he's like. Didn't that shock you? What that doesn't see what you're seeing there? Huh? And he's like, "Oh, Archie, I don't know." Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they they're do... they're at the hospital because Gloria's giving birth. I'm so and, glad and yeah, and like they're sitting about. there, and he's like, and she's and they're bored, and he's like, "Read a magazine." And she picks it up, and it's Penthouse. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or, no, it's, it's a not Penthouse. Film. I'm sorry. No, it's 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 Playgirl. Playgirl. Oh, that's right. They're yeah, because it's a dude. Get what yeah. you've seen there, and she's yeah, like, "Oh, yeah." She's a big dick. Yeah, <laughs> yep, but they yep. did that. Yeah, like that. I'm so glad you know what I'm talking about. Such a good show. Of course, show. they do. Oh, uh, it's the best show, dude. It's the best, the absolute best. You can't get better than than All in the Family, man. And and they'll never will. I don't care if Woody Harrelson's in it or not. They'll never get better. Um, it's not better. I know. No, I know. I'm not saying it is. Of course, it isn't. No, it's not. It's impossible. Impos- implausible. It's impossible. It's it's like traveling faster than the speed of light. It's like Would giving you... more than a hundred percent. It's impossible. Not a thing that you can do. No, it's impossible. Unachievable. Mm-hmm. Inachievable, some would say. <laughs> I I don't know. I watched other stupid shows like Punky Brewster. I watched that a lot. There were a lot of stupid shows in the 80s that we all watched, dude. There were a lot of really stupid, insipid, mindless shows like Small Wonder and Punky Brewster and and, and the rest. There were so and many rest. There were so many sitcoms in the 80s and the 90s too. TGIF, uh, it was the it was the 90s was the decade of TGIF, dude. Right, you had Urkel. Mm-hmm. You had Alf. Alf. Dude, I, I was going to say that earlier. Like, Alf, Alf was one, an Alf form. Dude, I, 
Alf was one of the shows that broke my brain also because like it was all I was in elementary school. It's like in second or third grade, like when that came out. And it was like, ha, I eat cats, Melmac. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I loved that show. And I, that, that really captured I did, my imagination. No, I, I really liked that show when I was a kid too. But like, how was that a hit? Like when you when you think about it now and you look at it like oh, that was a hit show. Dude, here's Why? the thing. I went I, I have bought the an Alf box set. Jesus. And and watched it and have been and I and and watched it with Jesus, with, dude. With excitement of like, I'm gonna love this. And keep going, like, episode by episode, like, no, I'm really going to, I'm going to, no, this one, <laughs> this is a good, this one I'll like. It'll be, you know, it'll be good so, next time. It's so bad. Yeah, it's, it's fucking really terrible. Bad. Yeah. And like, I have, like, and, J- and J- God bless Jim Carroll, like, I have the book, I have his books, I have, like, uh, or. Jim Carroll? Carroll? Those are people uh, who died, died. I didn't know he had anything to do with Alf. <laughs> no, he wrote Alf. The guy from the Basketball Diaries? Didn't he? Jim Carroll? I don't think he wrote Alf, dude. I oh, think... Who wrote Alf? Not Jim Carroll. <laughs> I, I don't know who bo- wrote it. Uh, yeah, it was a drug addict. Look, I'm going to look it up. You... Oh, my God. Talk. Oh, my God. I think it's Jim Carroll, dude. I, you're blowing my mind if this is true. I never know if you're full of shit or not. No, I'm not. I'm not full all of the shit time. right now. I'm not full of shit. Uh, because it was a drug thing. Well, that makes some some more sense out of it because that show was r- ridiculous and stupid, uh, and it's amazing that it was a big hit, but it was for a limited time. Jerry Stahl, that's who it is. Okay, Jerry Stahl, also another drug addict. Um, Whoever that is. Uh, yeah, no, he was dude, like that. Um, I believe you that he's a drug addict, but I don't know. He's a heroin addict. But Uh, I believe you that it was a drug addict, but I don't know anything else. Jim Carroll was significant outside of Elf, so I I knew that wasn't correct. You're right. No, I'm sorry, but I also read those at the same, like, kind of the same time, like the Basketball Diaries, and I have Jerry Stahl's uh, Permanent Midnight or something. I think that's what it's called. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Permanent Midnight. He wrote Elf, huh? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was on heroin the entire time. Mm. So you look back at it like it's, uh, it, I mean, it's just weird. That show just doesn't hold up. It's so fucking weird. No, it's, it's just uh, I don't then, understand that was a hit at all. Like that, that's it. That gives you an idea of how, and that's the thing. Like we we can sit here and say that modern entertainment sucks, that it's vapid and useless. But there was a lot of it in our day too. There was a lot of vapid, stupid fucking entertainment. A lot of it was yeah. terrible, you know? Uh, yeah. and, and Al's a great example. That was a stupid garbage show. Well, it's not. It was. You just said so yourself. Like, we both I mean, enjoyed they it. They had a Saturday morning cartoon. It I was trash. I liked Dude, Al. Dude, it was, it was garbage. I enjoyed it, too, it but we're also 12. You try to watch it now as an adult, and you're like, this is fucking terrible. It's like, awful. it is. There's a lot of stuff that I liked when I was a kid where I watched now. I'm like, this is fucking terrible. And, and I want to announce that one of our giveaways will be my DVD collection of ALF. The full <laughs> box set. I will be giving it away. You'll be giving it away 
to anyone who wants it. Anybody you do anything you can send at all. any message to our email just, at just, all. Just you have to it, give please. no money to anybody. The library okay. refused to take it as a donation. I tried. <laughs> Half price books paid me to take it back. Just, you couldn't give this shit away. Goodwill was like, get the fuck out of here. Goodwill is closed. Yes. I tried to set fire to it. It doesn't burn. Look. It won't burn. It's the Just fucking trampoline, dude. Right. It's the trampoline from The Simpsons. Like... Up. Keep driving. <laughs> keep driving. You just keep on driving. <laughs> Speaking of keeping driving, I think we got to land this plane. I think this... so, dude. Um, I think we've taken if... this as far as it can go. You know, this this turned out to be, I mean, this is very opinionated on our on our part, but we are educated in what we're talking about, I feel. Uh, not old men yelling at clouds. We have an opinion uh, that we've seen something. And, uh, you know, if you've seen something, please call 1-800-UNSOLVED MYSTERIES. <laughs> yes. Robert Stack. Come back to us. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, like, you, but you mentioned, like, how this was an opinionated show. And before we go, I just want to say I was extremely opinionated and a little bit aggressive. With the last episode, talking about the situation with Ralph's, where female employee told a customer that he had to wear a mask when he was in a store. He got mad, attacked her with a cart, and she maced him. And she got in trouble with Ralph's, and she was, like, you know, suspended and everything. And I got pretty mad about this. Really right. mad, you might say. Wow. You and I ranted against Ralph's, and I told him how much, like, they suck, and I was awful that they didn't stand up for their employee. And I just want to say... Now that the things have cooled, that I stand by that 100%. Fuck Ralph's. Fuck you. You know, the fucking woman, she was doing her job. She was trying to keep everybody safe. And you fucking attacked her for it. You punished her for it. Fuck you, Ralph's. If anybody listens to this show, do not shop at Ralph's. Do not shop at Kroger, because Kroger is the parent company for Ralph's. Fuck you, Ralph's. Fuck you right in the face. I'm done. Ralph's, you had it coming, dude. You, you absolutely you, knew you it was. It you knew right. it wasn't. I, I mean, and I agree. Fuck you, Ralphs. Uh, fuck you, Kroger. Um, H E B forever. That's the Don't, Texas store. Yes. I like. Don't uh, support Ralphs. What you should support is a little sweet puppy named Lulu. Lulu. Don't and forget. Go, go to chrisandjohnwayne.com. K R I S. K R I S. Chris with a K. The why? The because K we love you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> why? Because we love you. Go on there, kristenjohnwayne.com. Uh, You'll see our link to the GoFundMe. Please give anything you can, even if it's a buck. Every little bit helps. Every little belt bit really helps uh, to get this dog running and playing again. So we thank you in advance. Thank you guys all. Uh, check everything out at kristenjohnwayne.com, johnwayneisdead.com. Find me at johnwayneisdead. Uh, you can find my man Chris at Coyote Chris K. Double K's, baby. Double K's, baby. K-O-Y-O-T-E-K-R-I-S. That's on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, you can find me at, at my name, Christopher Triana. And you can find me at ChristopherTriana.com, again with a K, uh, and so on. And you can find the weeping willow trees. You know what else you can find? Men's butts. Songs that made the hit parade. <laughs> Those were the days. Boys and girls, they. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, those God are the bless days. you, John Wayne. You are the Edith to my Archie. Thank you. I like. I I will accept that. Okay. Good. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs and neighborhood parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And you knew where you were Girls were girls and men were men. Mister, we could use a man like Clemens Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare states. Everybody pulls his weight. She are old lassie. 